Oh, hey, is that a 70s Christmas, man? Yeah, man! Well, turn it up, man! Due to the overwhelming success of a very 80s Christmas, Sluggy Records is proud to present Have a Nice Christmas, a 70s Yuletide Spectacular featuring this classic hit from KC and the Sunshine Band. Oh, Can he rock? Oh, Ram Jam thinks this Santa can, bro. I heard that, dude. Christmas for my holiday party? No, my brother. You have to get it your own self. Here's how. 
To get Spunky Records, have a nice Christmas, call toll-free at 1-800-PET-ROCK. $9.99 for two CDs or $300 for 21 reel-to-reel tapes. That's 1-800-PET-ROCK. Order now. Happened to Mike Schmidt, forty-year-old boy podcast. All right, it's it's weird already. There's no doubt it's weird already because uh, it's school. It's fucking school. I'm gonna explain this to you. I, I'm coming to you live from the desert, and I know you think to yourself, "Well, Los Angeles is a fucking desert." Certainly, it is. I live there, and it is kind of a desert uh, in the evening. Certainly, it gets cold, and there's chameleons. I don't know if there's chameleons. What if there are? Um, but now I'm I'm in a true desert. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, and I told you guys that I'd be going to Phoenix, Arizona, and and uh, spending the weekend. Now, here's what I thought. I thought I was going to Phoenix, Arizona uh, under the guise of spending time with friends. It turns out uh, I have to do a show. I've come out here and been bullied into doing a show, <laughs> which I did not want to do. And so I don't know what this is going to be like for you. I don't know if I'm going to be uh, if it's going to be something you want to listen to. This may not even see the light of day. Perhaps I will just release this to two people and they will listen to it and go, oh, it wasn't so bad. And I'll tell you, that's the glowing recommendation you want for any piece of art when you put it out. And by the way, this podcast is not art. I don't know why I just called it that. Uh, but it's not, hey, that wasn't so bad. It's not what you're looking for usually. But uh, I will aspire to that this week with this show. Hey, that wasn't so bad. You know, we can all can chime in together and realize that this wasn't so bad. That's all I care about as a collective hive mind. Uh, and by the way, this will only be the second show I've ever done in history where something is licking my leg while I broadcast. That's the, this is going to be the only second time. Uh, I don't care to get into the first. That's not something anybody wants to hear about, quite frankly. Uh, but I will tell you that right now I'm getting bashed by a tail. Here's the thing you don't understand about dogs. And uh, at least I didn't know about dogs. Now, I love dogs. I've, I've come around to the fact when I was a child, as you know, uh, if you've been with me from the beginning of this show, you know, I thought dogs were, uh, might've been a little gross, a little, uh, hinky and I didn't like dog spit and I've traced back exactly where this was from. And I think I may have talked about this in a previous episode. Uh, but I was, I, I was telling somebody about it the other day and it came to me with this, the revelation of a, of a, like a childhood, a memory that I had buried was coming forward. And I almost sobbed when I said it to this person, uh, I want to love dogs. I love dogs. I'm excited about dogs. I can't have a dog at my place because I, I think to myself, you know, I, I couldn't possibly move out of there because why would I do better for myself? And what am I going to do? Improve my life? Never. But if I moved out of there, perhaps I would improve my life and I would have a dog and that would be great. Right? Right. So, uh, I used to think dogs were gross and I didn't like dog spit and I didn't care for dogs lurking on me. And I thought to myself, eh, dirty. And I got to wash my hands all the time. But in the past decade or so, I've come around to go, you know what? Fucking dogs are amazing. And I wish I could have one. So now when I see them, uh, I have, I, I'm, I'm that person who immediately reverts to a high pitch voice. Oh, look at that doggo. You know, like that kind of weirdness. And, uh, and that's uncomfortable for anybody owner of dog or non-owner of dog. Anybody with an earshot, anybody sitting and staring, anybody at home who's around me talking to a dog is 
frightening, uh, frighteningly disturbed by the sight of a giant man who's now getting his undercarriage whisked by a dog again. Jesus Christ, that's weird. <laughs> that's going to be strange throughout the, the broadcast. I didn't realize that was going to happen. Um, I, you know, I'm, I've spent this weekend here. I'm at the home of uh, the very lovely Justin and the even lovelier Mary who were very nice to invite me to come to their house. And again, like I said, under the guise of, hey, you want to come? It'll be totally cool. We'll watch UFC fights. And then as I was packing, listen, this is, I, I was packing for the plane. I'm just about out the door. And Justin's like, hey, and also, you know, you could maybe do a show if you wanted to. <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah, okay, uh, maybe that's a plan. And I grabbed my microphone and I, and I, and I won't lie. Look, I mean, they're going to fucking, they know this and you know this about me already. Uh, I was packing to leave. And I looked over, that's a dog drinking water, by the way, in the background, if you hear that. Um, I looked at my desk before I was fucking leaving and I saw my microphone, like it was just sitting there and, and, and oh, how convenient it would have been to just forget it, right? If I could have just, if I thought to myself, you know what, man, you can go ahead and not bring that because they, it was merely a suggestion that you do a show. Nobody said, hey man, could you come out here and do a fucking show? That wasn't the plan. And I'm in my head a little bit about doing these shows with people present now because uh, in Canada, I ruined everybody's week by, by making them wait until midnight. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I was like, I thought about it, man. I was like fucking Guns and Roses that weekend. It was like everybody, we hung out and we did nothing and I just, I had my own leisurely schedule. Uh, the very nice Canadians who love me and are very cool and bring me to town were just waiting for Axel to show up. That's all they were waiting for. And Axel refused to get out there and do a show. He was instead eating uh, uh, handfuls of Hong Kong food and chili. Uh, yes, that's a tail that's whacking. That is, right? That's not you, Justin. That is a tail? Okay, good. I just want to make sure. Um, so here's the thing I learned about. Well, before I get into that, let's talk about the... Uh, uh, so I'm hinky about doing shows with people in the room. And so uh, I brought the microphone here this weekend and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll leave it. That'll be fun. And then we had plans and stuff that we we're going to do. Um, and then I, I kind of, uh, you don't care, but I, I, you gotta be in a headspace sometimes to talk. And so I was like, ah, oh, well, you know what? I'm hanging out with my friends and this is fine. And it's not a big deal. And then Justin today was, we were sitting, we watched football and then look, I don't blame him for doing this to me because I forced him to watch fucking football today all day. Like, and he's, he could not care less about football, but he was very kind and he watched the bears and the Packers with me and he pretend and he, and he even knew the name of a defensive back or two. Occasionally he would, he would say the name of a safety because he knew them from his college football loving days. And I was like, Oh, okay. There's that guy. Um, so, so I, so I, uh, I have to do this fucking show. It's not even like I want to, I have to, I owe this. I absolutely owe this. I've had, I've had smoked pulled pork on their dime. I I've had a, a pumpkin cake that was delicious. Wait, I, you know what? Fuck that. I paid for the pumpkin cake. That knocks 15 minutes off this fucking show. I don't have to pay for the fucking cake. <laughs> I don't need to pass out jokes for a fucking cake. Um, so, so it turned, I, it's just. You know me. It's a never-ending fucking hassle to get this fucking show crowbarred out of my goddamn skull. And so I, I downshift into a mode where I'm like, well, you know, I'm not even, I'm not on board. It's not, and it's not a big deal. We're not going to have to do a show. No big deal. I'm hanging out with my friends. Uh, we watched football all day. And, uh, and then Justin said, uh, hey, were you, uh, were you thinking about recording a show? And I, uh, and I, look, man, I'm not going to lie to you. It was, it brought back, because it's Sunday night, all right? And it brought back all of the fucking horrible Sunday nights of my youth when I wouldn't do homework or I would, or I would ditch school and I knew I had trouble waiting for me at school on Monday morning. And it's that thing where you come home and you're like, da, 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 you throw your book bag or whatever the fuck. I didn't have a book bag with the fuck am I, little Lord Fauntleroy? No, fuck that. <laughs> so I would come, I'd skip into my house and I'm excited and I would, I'd play Strat with my friends and I would do nothing and I would watch movies and I'd eat frozen pizza and I'd fuck around and I'd jerk off 14 times and the weekend would be just about ending and it'd be nine o'clock Sunday night and I'd be like 
oh no, that's fucking happening in the morning. I knew I had to go to school and there was a referral waiting for me or I had ditch class on Friday or I had done something terrible and the punishment was waiting for me Monday morning. So I knew that on Friday and I thought about it when I left school. But then the second I left school until nine o'clock Sunday night, it was, I was, it was get out of fucking jail free, man. I could do whatever the fuck I wanted with my life and I didn't have to concentrate on doing bad things or any bad thing that I might've done was going to come back and haunt me. It didn't matter. The, my life was my own on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. God damn it. And I didn't have to worry about Monday morning being a fucking chore. Well, all of that came rushing back to me tonight as I was sitting on the couch after watching the second football game of the day that Justin didn't care about. We watched the we watched Dallas massacre the Los Angeles Rams. And even worse, look, dudes, you think now you're, I know what you're thinking to yourself. Well, Justin's a good guy and he's entertaining you while you're watching some football. And maybe he's a you know, he's he's a man. Maybe he liked some of it partially. Yes, there's no doubt because he does love college football and some you can find some enjoyment from watching athletics. But uh but in addition to having to sit through two football games all day, uh, Justin had to deal with me checking my phone and talking about my fantasy football teams ad nauseum for fucking six hours because today is the first day of the playoffs. And, and every catch, every point, every extra point, every fucking interception, every defensive stand, I'm like, oh, I got that guy. Well, I got Higby on the Rams. All right, we need four catches from Higby on this drive. And, and Justin, you know what? Knowing full well he was going to force me to do a show later, bided his time and entertained himself. He's like, all right, I can handle this. I can go ahead and watch this happen. And, uh, and the second, the second the gun went off in the final game, hey, Mike, you still thinking about doing a show this weekend? Fuck. <laughs> Because also, here's another thing that he did that he, he fucking he set a trap for me. He set a mouse trap, and I, he doesn't even set off the mouse trap. He set it with cheese. He threw the cheese in there. God damn it! I didn't even get the fucking cheese. He said, uh, "Hey, I was thinking about watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this weekend, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, would you want to watch that?" I said, "Fuck yeah, I'd want to watch that." He's like, "Well, I, you know, I haven't seen it yet. Mary hasn't seen it yet. We were going to sit down and watch it this weekend, possibly." I said, "Great. Uh, well, now I'm leaving tomorrow." And so, you know what I did? Here's what I did in the, in the fucking Rolodex of my goddamn brain. I penciled in uh, football all day today, followed by whatever Justin wanted to treat me to dinner with. <laughs> and then after that, we were all going to settle in for a nice Sunday night at the movies and watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on his fucking 10-foot screen that he's got on a goddamn wall in his living room. I'm excited, right? And so the football game ends, and I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm going to have a, a pulled pork sandwich and sit here and watch some Tarantino. And then that booming voice, that stentorian voice came out of fucking nowhere. Hey, uh, you still planning on doing a show this weekend? God damn it. <laughs> fucking awful. And, and then even worse is like, uh, you know, Mary, she has a job and a life and she wakes up at 6 a.m. and 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 he's got to work tomorrow. So I, I, I didn't even get to kick the can down the road because I was like, because I, I look, I didn't want to do it. All right. But on Sunday night, I figured to myself, I go, oh, well, yeah, I mean, what about uh, I could probably do it tomorrow before I got on the plane. Like, what if I did it tomorrow? And he's like, oh, yeah, we work tomorrow. And uh, and I said, oh, all right, because now. Again, I'm pot committed, folks. I've already got their food in my stomach. Their bed has been slept in. I'm already fucking Goldilocks. And these three fucking bears are going to eat me if I don't do a fucking show in their goddamn kitchen. <laughs> uh, and, and also, by the way, I know the last thing you want to hear is me bitching about doing the show. And, I, and that's, that's all you hear every time I do the fucking show. But I didn't plan on doing the show today. And, but, you know, good for you, though. If, if, you're, if you're happy to get the show on Thursday morning, go ahead and thank Justin and Mary because they fucking forced me to do it on a goddamn Sunday. <laughs> Sorry, dogs. I, I just scared. Oh, man, I just scared. All right, look, there, let me tell you the two dogs that are here. Uh, there are two beautiful dogs here who I, I, I'm quite fond of. And it turns out also, well, I, will sh I will tell you this. Um, 
you know, I'm here visiting, certainly, and I'm making friends and all that, but I'm also, don't, don't kid yourself, I'm canvassing for places that I can live once everything goes completely tits up. There's no doubt, once everything completely goes awry, I'm searching out for places for people who will go ahead and put me up. That's why I go to Canada. I love everybody there. They're fantastic. We have a great time over two weeks. But also, I'm laying the groundwork for when everything goes to shit in California and I need a place to go and stay in somebody's garage. I, I, now I got all these Canadians who are like, Mike, we've got a cot in a garage for you. Uh, and that's how uh, I, I'm viewing Justin and Mary. Now, certainly my lovely friends, certainly fantastic people, but at the same time, surrogate family uh, to be, certainly, once I decide that I'm going to go ahead and fucking bail on California, once everything goes completely to hell there. So now it's important that their dogs like me, and it's even more important that they like me, which is the reason I have to do this goddamn show. I couldn't deny doing this show. I couldn't go ahead and pull out and just go, yeah, and I, I guys, because I, I, oh, I will even tell you this. Uh, he said this to me like three hours ago. He's like, hey, man, you consider doing a show or a couple hours ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Sure. And then I, I, again, I got like my stomach got all gripped and I'm like, oh man, what am I going to do? I can't fucking, I don't do shows anymore that are good. Nobody wants to hear me do a show. God damn it. Cause that guy still lives in there. And then he's fighting with Justin who wants to hear a show. Uh, so then I actually, I, I waited an hour, we ate and then I was sitting on the couch and I, uh, I looked at, uh, Justin and I said, uh, Hey man, would it, would it be, would it be crazy weird? Like if I didn't do a show while I was here? And he goes, no, that's fine. And I go, okay. I go, I don't mean to be weird. I go, but I'm weirded out about doing shows with people sometimes now because of Canada. I felt I didn't do it justice. And, uh, and also, you know, it's just, it's Sunday and I just did a show on, on Wednesday. So I'm a little, and he's like, no, man, don't worry about it. I said, okay, that's great. Uh, so then I was sending a text to somebody and they, they were like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? And I was saying, I was not, not kidding. I was typing out the phrase, uh, Hey, uh, we're about to watch once upon a time in Hollywood here at Justin's house. And as I was typing that phrase on a text, Justin went, uh, yeah, man, I don't, I don't want you doing a show if you don't feel like doing one. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, um, consider me properly fucking shamed. Because I knew, I knew exactly what that meant. You know what I mean? It meant, it meant pay your fucking freight. It meant we fed you and we put you up for three fucking days. So dance, monkey, fucking dance. Uh, so that's what we're doing now. We're doing the dance. We're doing the best we can. Uh, we're trying to make it work. At least I don't know how, like I said, I don't know how entertaining this will be. It's a, it's a Christmas time show. And, uh, and I'm here and I'm in Phoenix. And it is, and I will tell you this, it's Anytime I get a chance to be in somebody's fucking house, it's amazing. You know what I mean? When I have an apartment and, and I like my place and I like where I live, but it's just, it's just where I live. It's, it's, it's not a home. It's not where people love people. It's not, it's not a place of emotion. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a guy running out the clock. Literally, that's just all it is. It's, it's the three yard line and I, and I'm just taking a knee. That's all I'm doing is taking a knee and waiting for the end in that apartment. But then I go to people's homes and they, you know, I, I watch Justin string a ribbon up so he can hang up Christmas cards. Uh, and there's a, there's a Christmas tree up and they, they have all their, they have Halloween decorations all over. And I said, what are these, what are these Halloween guys out? Do they, are they here for Christmas? And he's like, no, they're always out there. What are they dancing skulls? What are they called? Yoga skeletons. And I I don't fully, I I don't, that just sounds like a (laughs) yoga class to me, quite frankly, that's filled with yoga skeletons. Uh, but it's yoga because Mary, I will tell you this, if you don't know this about Mary and why would you, what if you did? What if I, what if I said this? You're like, we already know that bullshit. Whatever. We took the Mary speed class already. Mary just spit water all over the table. Um, sorry about that. Uh, Mary is, uh, uh, how do I, what's the, I'm trying to think of the exact word. A masochist. Yeah, that's probably the word I would use. Um, Mary runs, uh, you know, Mary's one of those people who's just like, Hey, what's that? A triathlon when you got a bike and then I'm running around and I'm swimming and all that bullshit. 
Is there any way we could make this more difficult? Could you possibly do that? What if you added another 45 miles to it? Could you do that for me, please? Because I'm not content unless I'm running down the street and frightening children with my thinness. Is that okay? I want it to look like I am in a photograph from Vietnam in black and white fleeing from the disaster scene behind me. That's what I want in a race. Oh, is there any way to make it look like I just hopped off a train in Germany in 1944? Could we do that? Uh, Because she... I think the word is extreme athlete. I think I'm, that's what I'm going to put it at. Is what, endurance athlete? What do we call it? Endurance? Uh, all right, endurance athlete. You can talk. Endur- endurance athlete, yes? All right, so good. That's what she is. Um, and I and, and by the way, I could not be, I, I may, and besides, look, we don't even count fat, Mike, from 500-pound days. But now, uh, AS, we'll call it after surgery, or after, uh, what, well, I guess it's gastric bypass, AGB. I guess we'll call that. Uh, there's there's Schmitty A uh, B G P and Schmitty A G B B P. Fuck off, whatever. I don't know. It's a bunch of initials. There's a fucking alphabet soup. Take it and sort it the fuck out. But uh, but this is I'm I'm tottering on the brink. You know I've I've gone ahead. I like I said I don't know I don't know what happened. I I just decided to uh, to uh, as I put it to Justin earlier this weekend. I said on from from to July first. I was killing it. I had lost 27 pounds. I was making great progress. I was feeling great about it. And then I have now spent the past five months doing everything I can to just dump all of that progress in the grave. I, I, I don't know what happened. Uh, I have decided that I'm just going to abuse myself in countless ways. And, uh, and so I'm tottering. Uh, and look, we're, I'm, I'm grabbing the reins. Certainly you hear me say it every week. Uh, as you know, I've got a list. I've got plans. Uh, and, and hopefully that will lead me to do something good or better, I I guess. But, um, but still it is striking when you see somebody who is as incredibly dedicated to her, her craft and unbelievably fit as Mary is. And then I, and here's another thing. I think they did this on purpose to me because Justin, again, it's all about trying to help me. Like I said, they wrote me into doing a fucking show because they're tired of getting the show on Friday. And I understand that that's fine. So they lure me with pulled pork and football and then they go do your fucking show, idiot. So that's what the thing, you know what? That's how, let's put that out there to you guys. If you have pulled pork and football, bring me to your place and I'll do the show early. You want that fucking show on Thursday mornings? Lure me to your place with pulled pork and football and I'll fucking bust it out for you. Um, so not only that, so Justin's trying to help me that way. He's trying to make sure he's trying to get my career on track. He's like, hey, man, you got to have this show up by Thursday fucking morning. Are the people going to fucking bail on you? And I'm like, well, that's a drag. I don't want to have that happen. So here we are at a kitchen table in Phoenix. Uh, but also, I think they've decided to help me out in different ways in my life because uh, I'm staying in their guest room, which also is Mary's office. Uh, thankfully, it is not Mary's office while I'm here. It, it, is, it is just the guest room because it would seem weird if I was in there uh, taking a nap and Mary was clacking away on her keyboard and trying to make big deals. Oh, big deals. <laughs> Uh, but instead I go in this room and I sleep, but here's the thing. It's not only Mary's office, but it's also, um, I guess I'd call it Mary's trophy room. (laughs) So I go in there and again, fully, I'm, I'm, I could not be more, uh, walrus-esque in my opinion at this point. Now, look, as I've mentioned before, I've been lifting three days a week for fucking years. So I'm fucking strong as fuck. But again, I'm just a monster because I don't do any cardio. So as we know, as we know, suit of armor wrapped in baloney. I'm just a giant fucking monster uh, underneath, kind of made out of fucking wood. But uh, but unfortunately, draped with uh, lady skin like a like a Jamie Gum fucking basement mannequin. All right, it's just not good. So, but then I go into the, her, her bedroom and stuck on the walls, 
there's there's all the lanyards from like all of the fucking races that she ran and then there's all of her numbers that's that's the shaming thing that's the real shaming thing she's got all of these numbers because this is totally true she's got probably 10 different numbers the tape ones that you wear on your chest or whatever when you're running and they're all looked up on the wall and uh one night i was just bored and i added them all up they are exactly my weight i know exactly that's where <laughs> that's exactly what they're trying to do to me was fucking nail me by driving that fucking point home just random numbers no i don't think so i figured out your fucking code trying to fucking shame me into shutting my mouth. It's not going to happen. Uh, so so I, I sleep in that. In the, oh, and so I'll tell you this. Also, you want to talk about fucking shame. I'm in this bed. I'm in this room, where, which is, again, it's a very nice room. It's lovely. It's off the hall. Um, I guess it would be. What would it be? Why, would it come in through a chimney? I just, yeah. They have a skylight. I have to sneak in like a cat burglar. It's just me and uh, your man Monday, uh, Alexander Monday. All right. So that's from a 70s show, wasn't that? To Catch a Thief? That's our friend Robert Wagner, I think it is. Alexander Monday. Don't shake your head at me, Justin. God damn it. I've done shows for Justin in a hotel room in Los Angeles, but now he's getting all cocky because he's got home field advantage. Uh, so I um I stay I stay in the room, which is it's it's off the hall and it's it's a lovely room. But uh and it's 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 a tiny is that a cot? What is that bed? Futon. Alright, it's a futon, right? So uh so again, you want to talk about shame. Well, let's uh, let's get into that. I don't I, I don't know how stable it is, but uh I, I sat down on it the other day and I was sitting at my computer because again, I'm you, it's like George Carlin's place for your stuff. You got to take a smaller version of your stuff and a smaller version of your stuff. Well, I have to open up my computer because I got to charge my phone and I got to charge my watch overnight. Um, and they have this tiny little footstool table that looks like fucking Geppetto made it. And it's fucking right next to the bed. So I set up the Geppetto table and I put my computer on there and then I plug some stuff in. And then I have to, uh, I have to lean forward to get something. I'm sitting on the edge of the futon. And uh, it's 2.30 in the morning, so they've already gone to bed. And I'm like, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, and I'm trying to get to bed at a decent hour. 2.30 seems decent, right? I know it's supposed to be 1 to 9, but Justin kept me up super late. Yeah, it's his fault. <laughs> so, uh, so I sit on the edge of the futon, and then I set up the computer, and then I lean forward to go ahead and grab the Apple Watch. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm a big shot. I got a goddamn Apple Watch. And it's on the floor, which is where you keep your finer technology. And I lean forward on the futon, and uh, I, I, I'm not sure of the exact term, Uh I just went ass up. I think that's the term I'm looking for. I leaned forward and the entire futon came with me and I wound up underneath it. So I'm sure the futon went, ha ha, fatso, the tables have turned. <laughs> I have tormented him late into the night with my countenance. His, his every fucking spring creaking as I turned and rolled over. So he took this time to take advantage. and He leaped upon my back, hoping to finish me in a flurry so I wouldn't be fucking bothering him with my goddamn weight anymore. And uh, I laid on the table. And also it's 2.30 in the morning. So, uh, so I lean forward and the whole fucking futon lifts up with, and just crashes down on my back. And now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on my hands and knees with a futon on my back and I just made a giant noise in their house at 2.30 in the morning. So I know that they're going to rush in. So then I want to scramble out to get the fucking futon righted so I'm not caught in this ridiculous position. But at the same time, I know that's just going to make more fucking clattering noise. So now I have to climb out from under it like that dude who got his arm trapped between the rocks in the movie and had to fucking cut it off who's that idiot was it james franco or who's the way yeah he's fucking got his and so that's me now in the middle of the fucking night i'm trapped between the floor and the futon in the desert and i'm trying to inch out and kind of climb out so it doesn't make any giant fucking noise oh don't 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 bring me to your house folks i'm i'm more, i'm more trouble than i'm worth um but I'm, but I'm so happy they had me here, <laughs> right? I just spent the first hour of the show bitching about it. All right, um, but it's good. I'm glad that I'm here. It's fine. I, I will tell you this. Like I said, I'm, I'm uh, uh, I, I, you know, you know me. I'm working out. I've got it. I've got a list. I've got plans. So uh, I showed up here on what was it Thursday? I think it was. Yeah, I flew in Thursday, 
And uh, I look, it was Friday, for, apparently, from what I'm being told from people. Um, so I got here Friday. And I oh, also, the, Justin, he had written me, and he's like, uh, hey, would you, because uh, Justin is a, uh, he's a jujitsu black belt. I should tell you that about him right now. And uh, just a roughhouser and a, and a tooth chipper, and he's just someone I don't want to get on the wrong side of. And yet here I am running him down on a broadcast that's going to go out nationally, or if not internationally. You hear me? So uh, up there uh, in, in Saudi Arabia, anybody who listens to me out there uh, or Tony Parker in Australia, are you in Australia? Or are you in New York? Where are you at? There's a Tony. Oh, Tony Dunker's in uh, New York. I'm going to give everybody's name out because this is fucking romper room with a mirror. Hi. Um, so uh, so Justin is a you know, he's just a, he's a roughhouser. He's just a tough guy. So uh, he wrote me and, I, and he and I he sent me a, a footage of a tournament that he just took a silver, a silver in, which I was really proud of him for. And uh, and also because he had cut weight trying to do it and he wasn't sure if he was going to enter because then it sh- he showed up he and I had a long talk about weight classes and age so he was having a, a hard time kind of uh, making the two work together and also his experience level you know what I mean trying to find people to fight in these tournaments and so he wound up at the tournament and it turned out that uh, you got bumped out of one weight class and then he, he had to go lower and uh, and his uh, oh, his age group yeah. oh, okay it was his age group and then his uh and he fucked, so he took silver. He fucked this guy up. It was great. And he almost took gold. He was, he, he lost two nothing, but he had a key lock in the fucking guy and he was cranking the shit out of it. And the guy didn't tap because the guy was staring at the clock like a pussy. Why are you writing it out, pussy? <laughs> Fight those last 10 seconds. God damn it. Fight off that key lock. Uh, so, so he wrote me when I was coming out here and again, it was kind of an afterthought and he's like, Hey, I was wondering if you wanted to head to the gym with me. Uh, you know, my trainer would, would said it would be cool if you wanted to go to the gym. And I, and I, you know, I saw John this week, Monday and, uh, and Wednesday. So I'm like, yeah, dude, I would totally love that. And I, I hit send. And then in my brain, I thought, wait a minute, are you, are you ready to go fucking roll with jujitsu guys? Like what the fuck are you doing, man? I mean, I, you gotta have cardio. You gotta do all this. And also here's, cause here's my damage with that sort of thing. As I've told you before, you know, I, I used to go to MMA legends and, uh, you know, I was, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was just a big guy who didn't mind getting hit. And I wanted to learn things. So that's the most dangerous person to have in a fucking martial arts class or any fucking combat class. Because then the guys who do know what they're doing are like, all right, I'll pair up with the big guy because they know they can fucking throw me all over the goddamn place. And I'm not going to complain about it. Um, so I thought about it for a couple of days and then I wrote him. And so then I'm, I'm kind of I was going to go no matter what. And I'll look, if I got to take a beating, I got to take a beating and that's fine. But I don't want to. But I want to be ready for it is all. So then I sent him a note. And I'm like, hey, uh. Do I get to bring, I don't have a gi, first of all, which by the way, I just, I, the conceit of that sentence makes me laugh that anybody would have to write anybody and go, Hey, by the way, I don't have a gi. Of course you don't have a fucking gi. What are you closet weekend ninja? Of course you don't have a fucking gi. But I really, I genuinely thought that I had to, I'm like, all right. So I had to write, I look, I go, I don't have a gi. And, uh, I also, I don't have rash guards or anything. Is shorts. Okay. Like how does, how does this work? And are we just rolling the whole time? And, uh, because I was ready. You know what I mean? If I was going to throw it out, I'm ready to do it. We'll see what happens. And then he wrote me back and he's like, Oh no, dude, no, not, no, we're not going to my fucking jujitsu gym. Uh, we're going to go, he lifts and he has a trainer that he trains with. And the trainer wouldn't mind like giving me some stuff to do while I was there. Uh, like sweeping the gym and cleaning the mats. <laughs> this guy wants nothing to do with me. Um, so I, so I said, Oh, all right. And I have to admit, I, I breathed a sigh of relief cause I wasn't sure. Cause I mean, 
look, man, I is is ready for it as I was. There's always some fucking shark who's going to try to get their hands on me and choke me the fuck out or break my thumb in a weird way and go, oh, I'm sorry, I got caught in my gi belt or whatever the fuck. And then I wind up injured and there's nobody to fucking bitch about except you guys. And then you guys will be like, what the fuck, man? Uh, and then you all rally as kind of a posse in an army and we'll come here and we'll invade fucking Justin's dojo. And that's another thing to do, by the way. I, I asked him if, his, uh, if the guy who runs his dojo was going to be there and he wasn't going to be. And you know me, I don't set foot in a dojo unless I can fight the guy who runs it because <laughs> that's what I have to do. I have to take him on right away to establish dominance in order to train with the rest of the plebs. Uh, so, so, I, so I wasn't going to be rolling around. So it turned out that he said we were just going to go lift. So I packed, uh, look, I packed lifting clothes, which I did uh, at the house. And then I came here and we went to uh, Friday. We didn't do anything. I only went to dinner. We went to dinner with a, a couple of friends of his. Um, it was Justin and Mary, the lovely Mary. And then we went and met uh, Matt and Dawn. Dawn? Yeah, it was Matt and Dawn. And uh, Matt and Dawn are, are their lovely people. I think they were there. I'm not sure. We had to put a magnifying glass over them to find them because they are tiny wedding cake sized people. Oh, my God. Uh, they are each like I think they're like five one possibly. And uh, and it was great. We had dinner. We followed the Olympic road. It was terrific. Um, ah, they're nice people. I'm cheesing them. I, then they'll never listen to this so I can make fun of them all I fucking want. But uh, we went to a pizza joint. And, uh, and and this is dude. Get this. We walk into this fucking joint and it's uh it's I was it uh, Banya Banya Bama. What the fuck was it called? Bella Gusto. I know it was some exclamation in Italian that means nothing to anyone but Italians. Bella Gusto. <laughs> and uh, we got the, and we got our food and I split a salad with Mary uh, with cranberries and walnuts in it. It was very festive. And uh, and Matt and Dawn were lovely. And it turns out Dawn gets to L.A. a few times. And I told her some restaurants to go to because I have nothing to discuss but food ever in my entire life. That's it. She's like, I go to Glendale. I'm like, here is a restaurant you will enjoy. Fat. And she's like, oh, of course. Thank you. Uh, at least I think that's what she said. She sounded like the fly trapped in a spider web out in the yard. So that really, that really high voice. Hey help me all right so i uh i'm there talking to matt and dawn talking more to dawn than to matt quite frankly because of the seating arrangement justin made sure he was sitting with matt and i had to sit with the ladies which seems weird what do you think i guess i'm a pussy i get i get shunned over to the estrogen side of the goddamn table uh we had a lovely waitress who came over with and i'll tell you this this waitress was uh first of all she was uh well how do i put this hot crazy hot i think that's the word i would use crazy hot uh, that's right. Word. I, that's not two words. Normally you'll say, wow, that girl is crazy hot. That's two words. No, this fucking chick was crazy hot. And it was one goddamn word. Um, she had like, she had her nails were filed to a point like that kind of fucking weirdness. Like that, you, you just think, and the, also the kind of crazy hot where you think to yourself, wow, that is a, she's crazy attractive. I would have nothing to offer this woman, like nothing at all. It, whether in conversation or in bed, there would be nothing at all that I could do for her or with her that would charm or impress her in any single way. Um, just like as I say that all the time, where there's like it's someone who might be even uh, a different species from you. You're like, I can't even. There's no way I would have nothing for this person uh, other than the position of power of customer versus waitress. So I made her get me water 47 fucking times. Uh, that didn't happen, of course not. We're, we're very nice people to service people. Um, but I will say this again, crazy hot. And super nice, but also fucking home run of a waitress, uh, filling drinks, bringing us food, being lovely, checking on us all. And not, and not just, let me, here's the thing that she did that I thought was impressive. And again, please, if you're a waitress and you run into me or a waiter or whatever the fuck, I'm not grading you like this, but it's noticeable when it's done. All right. So I'm not, I'm not this dude who's taking fucking notes, but when it happens, you go, Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, she would check on the table. 
but she would check on everybody at the table. Like she would literally look at Matt and be like, Hey, how you doing? And look at Dawn. You okay? And anybody over here, you guys want anything? And she would look at all of us individually to see if it wasn't just like a thing at the table. Do you all want salt? It was a thing where she'd be like, Hey, how is everybody? And she'd make eye contact and she was friendly. And, uh, and I thought she was lovely and I enjoyed it very much. She was nice and food was good. Also, I'll tell you this though. They fucking lie because, uh, I, I, you know, they had half pasta sizes and then full pasta sizes and I, they had gnocchi, which I wanted to try. Uh, and then they had pizzas and, and I said, well, how big are the pizzas? And she goes, uh, well, they're single serving pizzas. I know it was you, Justin, Justin fucking was the first guy who said it. He goes, Hey, they're single serving pizzas. And I go, okay, but I should have known better because I've eaten with Justin and this motherfucker, like we went, like we went to the barbecue joint and he just, he literally put a slab of ribs in his mouth, like a xylophone and pulled it out and played a song from a cartoon. <laughs> just bones came rolling out. I'm like, how the fuck did you do that? What kind of a trick? And he's, he's a tiny slip of a man. He's no fucking Matthew on the fucking measurement scale, but still he's a certain compared to me. He's a, he's a, well, let's put it this way. He's a normal sized man, certainly compared to me. Uh, if you had to, you know, if you had that, uh, uh, that, that evolutionary scale, you would see Matthew emerging from the primordial ooze. You would see Justin walking upright. And then you see me killed by hunters for my tusks. That's what would happen. So he, uh, uh, he was very nice. But he told me, he's like, they're single serving pizzas and they bring the menu over and I look and, uh, and they had the pasta and they had pizza. And I asked the waitress, like, how big are the pizzas? And she goes, Oh, you know what? They're good for like one or two. Maybe two people could split one. And I, but I, thankfully I heard her say it. She goes, they're 14 inch pizzas and they're like good for like one or two people. Now look, I've worked in pizza for centuries. All right. I know pizza. The only thing I've done more than make pizza is fucking talk. All right. So I'm, I know this. And when you say a 14 inch pizza, that's. That is not a single serving fucking pizza. That's that if it is, I mean, maybe for like fucking Joey Chestnut in a contest, it's a single serving pizza. If you're eating for speed, maybe, but it is, it is a, that's a big pizza. You know what I mean? For like a pizza hut, that's a large. Okay. So I, uh, I, I knew I was like, oh man, it's fucking ridiculous. A 14 inch pizza. There's no way that is, that is a crazy big pizza. That's, it's enough for three people. Seriously. Cause it's going to cut it into eight pieces and you can, well, you can't divide eight by three certainly, but someone's going to get an extra slice and that's fine with me. Um, so I was, I, I was armed with this cautionary knowledge and I knew that pizzas were 14 inches and I saw the pasta and they had half orders of pasta and I'm, you know, me, I'm trying to get a fucking handle on this shit. And, uh, and Mary said to me, she's like, Hey, do you mind if we, uh, split a salad because Justin doesn't like salad? I said, of course not. I'll try this spring mix with cranberries and walnuts and citrus segments. It was delicious. Uh, and then the waitress came along and I was on hemming and hawing. I was on the fence. And, uh, and so there, everybody else ordered a pizza. Dawn got a pizza. Uh, with vegan cashew cheese in it. And I just, I still, right now, I, you don't even know this, but uh, there's, there's somebody in my brain throwing up every time I say or think that phrase, vegan cashew cheese. What the fuck do you, I, like, I, I almost wanted to ask just how they did it. Um, but at the same time, I didn't want to be brought to Nuremberg and put on trial. I don't, I don't think I need that information because when, when it's finally exposed and they take everybody down for the vegan cashew cheese racket <laughs> and the danger it's doing to the environment and to people, I don't want to have that knowledge because I don't want to be called as some sort of supplementary witness. No fucking thank you. Um, so Dawn ordered that and her, she had a pizza with like fig spread. You know, it's one of those joints. It's a, it's a wood burning oven type of thing or brick oven possibly. And, uh, and they just, and it's, so she had fig spread and Gouda cheese and fucking arugula and then 
Matt got a pepperoni pizza, but it was like, here's the joint. They don't call it pepperoni. They're like spicy soppressetta, uh, which is just a giant fucking piece of salami that's kind of like pepperoni. Uh, so they had that, and then they had sausage. They had all this stuff. So, uh, but again, I know for a fact. I mean, I, 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 I see the half thing of pasta. I'm already having half a salad. Um, I, you know, I don't need a fucking pizza. So it goes around and everybody orders their pizza and then Justin orders a pizza and Mary orders her pizza. And then it comes to me and she's like, what do you need? I go, well, what's the best pasta? I said, you know, I, cause they had spaghetti and meatballs, of course. I, and, uh, and she goes, well, you know what? Our gnocchi is really good, but, um, you could get it with it because the gnocchi came with a brown butter, but it also was covered in truffle oil. And I don't, I'm not a truffle oil guy at all. So I said, to her, I go, look, I, you know, is there a way I could get a half order of the gnocchi with a, uh, with just no truffle oil? She's like, oh my God, yeah, absolutely. So just the brown butter and the, and the cheese. I said, yeah, that'd be great. And, uh, and we were fine. Everybody had ordered their pizzas. I ordered my half order of pasta. And, um, you know, there were only five seats at the table. Uh, and there were five of us, I thought. But then, uh, just as I thought I had finished ordering, uh, Fat Mike from 2004 showed up and went, hey, by the way, could I also get a pizza, please? And uh, the waitress looked at me and she's like, sure, like what kind? And I, and so I got a sausage pizza with goat cheese. It also had truffle oil on it. And I said, I didn't want the truffle oil and, and they put rosemary oil on it instead. But, uh, but I knew I was armed with the fucking knowledge of, of knowing how big the pizzas were. And because this, this demonstrates to you just how out of control I am half the fucking time. I, I had ordered half a slice, half a thing of pizza, uh, pasta. I, I had that coming in half a salad. That's fine. It was more than enough. It was, it was 11 pillowy pieces of gnocchi in brown butter with some uh, cheese slivers and, and half a salad. I could have eaten that and been happy. But instead, I also ordered a giant fucking manhole cover of pizza with sausage all over the motherfucker because I am a monster inside my head. Uh, and, and I, but it, and it came and sure enough, you know, it came over and everything was delightful and it was lovely and, and we ate. Um, and I ate because again, I can't eat. My head is fat and I mean, the rest of me is fat too, but also I can't eat like a fat guy. I can eat over time. I can't eat for speed anymore like I used to. So uh, I, I knocked back the gnocchi uh, after scraping all the cheese off it because it was a horrible, really intense Parmigiano-Reggiano. And then uh, I had the half a salad. And then I had like, I ate one piece of my pizza. And, uh, and, but it was a lovely meal. We talked to Matt and Dawn. And I will tell you this too. I, one of the reasons I was kind of thrown off at dinner, uh, Dawn was lovely and, and I talked to her. She was great. Matt was a cool guy. But the entire, when, I, we, when we walked in, uh, we weren't sure where we we're going to be sitting. We were running a little late. And then, uh, it was just Mary and I, and she asked the maitre d' guy, she's like, Hey, we're, we're here for Justin. And, and, uh, the dude goes, Hey, right over there. And then these people raised their hands. And as we got closer, I looked and I saw Dawn and, uh, <laughs> Dawn, um, who is again, wonderful lady, terrific person, Matt's wife. They're lovely people. Uh, Dawn looked exactly like, uh, Kathy, the woman I dated who set all of my shit on fire. <laughs> and, and when I say exactly, dudes, I mean, I'm talking like kind of the same silverish tint to her hair. It was a light colored hair, the same glasses frames. Like it was fucking uh, the same shape of her face, the same haircut. I'm talking every, the only, the only thing that, that Kathy had that, that Dawn didn't have was that she was, uh, just different, you know, body type. That's all. And, and, uh, and I, so I'm, I'm talking to her and it was fine. And again, I functioned, I was talking to Matt. Everything was great. We're talking about whatever the fuck, but the whole time I'm staring at her, it, I mean, it was, it was uncanny and it was the kind of thing like you, uh, cause you know me again, you, who the fuck am I? I'm, I'm, I'm me. So that's all I want to talk about. Now that's all I want to talk about at dinner is I want to go, you know, by the way, you know who you look like. <laughs> and, and I know that I, I, I know she's not going to be into it. I know Matt is absolutely not going to be into it. <laughs> 
uh, Justin and Mary might think it's funny or amusing in some small way, but I, but you, it's very, very hard to go, hey, you look just like a crazy chick I used to fuck. Man, that would be... <laughs> That that is not something you drop on somebody's lap. Certainly not while you're eating a delightful cranberry and walnut filled salad. Nobody wants to hear that during the salad course. You try to wait till after the pizza course. Uh, and by that time, I had thought the better of it. But uh, but man, she, but they were nice. But it would boy, but it it uh, it threw me off, man. The whole time sitting there and just fucking looking at her because she really because I mean I haven't you know and I haven't and Kathy's dead now. That's the fucking weirdest thing. Uh, I I uh, <laughs> that makes it sound like I had something to do with it. Hold on a second. I had nothing to do with it. I found out after the fact that she had unfortunately passed away. But uh, but it did it did throw me into a fucking weird headspace because she looked because because Kathy had a had a unique look and so to see somebody the glasses rims is what did it like the hair. The hair and the shape of the face. She had this kind of oval shape of her face that tapered down at her chin. But then the glasses, that was what fucking freaked me out the weirdest because she had the exact same glasses frames, man. And I was like, holy fuck, it was weird. Um, But thankfully for Justin and Mary, who are going to see Matt and Dawn again in the future, I didn't make it any weirder than I had to uh, because that would have been terrible for them, certainly to try to go ahead and explain their weird friend who showed up from Los Angeles and ruined a pizza course. Uh, but that was fun. We hung out there on Friday. And then on Saturday, I got to go to the gym with, uh, with Justin and go see his trainer. And, um, I put my gym clothes on. I ate a vitamin and, uh, and we rolled over to the gym and, um, that's always weird to get. And especially for me, maybe not for you guys, you, cause you guys probably go to a gym and you're like, yeah, whatever. I'll limber up and we'll, we'll lift some weights. Justin's the same way. He's a grown man, but I'm still nine. So in my head, I'm like, uh, I wonder if there's going to be any strong guys at this gym. You know what I mean? Where you're just thinking you're going to, you can't be a pussy when you're there. And I know that's the fucking weirdest way to be, but it's just, it's, it's ingrained in my head to a certain extent where I think to myself, well, fuck, I can't, I, I, you got to make a good showing of it. Certainly. Um, but at the same time, you don't, you don't, you can't kill yourself. I mean, I, I, you know, cause there's a thin line between going there and trying to be all macho. And then you wind up like Mr. Bean trapped under a barbell and everybody's like, what the fuck, man? Uh, so you can only do what you can do at that point. But at the same time, I, I did not want, I didn't, I didn't not want to do the things that I was told to do, if that makes sense. So, uh, we walked in and, um, <laughs> here's, here's Justin's first taste of me at the gym. We walk inside and, uh, and by the way, Justin drives a, uh, I, I, I think it's, is it an infinity or an Audi? an infinity and uh it's named so for the speed limit that justin drives when he's behind the wheel of the fucking car holy shit dude we're we're going to the gym at fucking warp speed for fuck's sake and it was crazy i i mean he just he just and cops there's a cop right there and his car makes that weird noise and he fucking passes the cop. I'm like, Jesus, we're going to get fucking pinched. Uh, but I think he was, he might run this town. Justin might be a well-known mob figure in this town or something because the cops didn't even flinch and we rolled by in the infinity and it's like midnight blue. It's fucking sharp as hell. Uh, it, and it just looks like a cop magnet car, but also he's got some fucking, he's got nitrous in it or something. Some bullshit fucking greased lightning, American graffiti nonsense. That'll make sure we never lose a race. Um, so, so we head to the gym and we roll there and we get inside the gym. Uh, we have a noon appointment and, uh, we walk in the front lobby and there's the cardio stuff. There's a rowing machine. There's uh fucking Nordic track. What are the, what the fuck is the thing? that's kind of like skis, <laughs> that thing. Uh, you put your feet in it and you're rolling, you're kicking your feet back and forth. There's a treadmill. And then there's a, uh, one of those bicycles that has a fan for a wheel. 
So when you're you're riding it, it blows the air in your face, which is fucking bananas. So uh, which I don't get. Again, these are all just it. it all it is. You, we walk in, and I know you're supposed to be getting into shape, but it may as well have been uh, like a secret room at a castle run by the Spanish Inquisition. It's all of that sort of uh, equipment that just is designed to fuck you up and make you hurt. Uh, and so we walk in and that's, and that's just the cardio room. I mean, the fucking weight room, I, I haven't even been in there yet. So we walk into the cardio room and, uh, Justin looks at me and I, he's got a cubicle and I goes, this year I put my stuff in there and Justin says, uh, uh Hey man, are you, uh, do you want the uh, rowing machine or you want the bike? And I said, for what? <laughs> and he goes, we well, got to warm up. And I said, I don't warm up. <laughs> And he looks at me and he goes, seriously? And I go, no, I don't, I don't warm up with this. I go, sometimes I'll do the treadmill, but I don't. And he goes, well, pick one, pick the, uh, pick the goofy ass fucking fan bike or pick the rowing machine. Like he, he was hearing nothing of it. He's just like, no, you're fucking doing this. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll take the bike. And he goes, all right, good. Go over there. So well, he goes, we'll warm up and Sean will come get us. And I'm like, fuck. All right. So I get on this stupid bike and then, you know, and then, and I'm you know me, I, I, I don't know what it means to be a guy. So there's all guys in this gym that you don't know. And you're trying to walk around and not be a fucking fool. And then a dude walks out who's all fucking buffed and in shape. And he and Justin start talking about cracking skulls. And I'm like a pussy on a fucking bike. Cause there's nothing worse to me than being like the pussy at the gym. I, I do it to John all the time. Like if you got me lifted heavy weights, that's totally fine. Cause then people look over and they go, ho, ho, look at that guy lifting the heavy weight. But if you got me bending rubber bands and shit like that, I'm like, what the fuck? This guy's a puss. Let's go beat the shit up rubber band boy. That's what we feel fucking do. <laughs> So Justin is on his fucking, he's on the, the rowing machine and I'm on the fucking fan bike and, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be there getting in shape and what am I doing? I'm having my hair blown back. Like I'm in a fucking English Renaissance film by just riding this fucking, and then this dude comes up with like half a fucking Mohawk and his broad back. And he's talking to Justin about the tournament and fucking guys up and rolling over and yeah, skull crusher and crack that guy. And I'm like, riding the bike. I might as well put fucking baseball cards in the fucking spokes of the fan <laughs> terrible uh and i felt like an infant it was so awful although infants don't exercise and certainly don't ride bikes but i don't care i digress uh so justin finishes his thing and now but here's the thing he doesn't realize my ocd and the way it works so then he's like he gets off the hops off the rowing machine he looks at me and he's like all right let's get in here and i was at like only 1.28 miles well, I can't stop until I'm at 1.5 miles now. There's just, it's either it's either one, 1.5, two. I, I have to go in half mile increments. Uh, so I stayed on the bike <laughs> just to go another fucking three or four minutes until I got to the goddamn. Or no, it was two minutes. I think it was. It might have been three minutes. Look, don't fucking pin me down on time. Uh, <laughs> so I finished that and I hop off. Um, and cardio is always weird for me because again, I got I got a fucking. My body is an ocean. I mean, it, it just fucking, it, it goes in waves. You know what I mean? Like where if I, I take a step and everything starts rumbling forward, I got to make sure I have my balance at all times. Because uh, I am literally, as I've just explained to you in this fucking show, I am never more than 15 seconds away from being under a crumbled futon. I am, I am just, <laughs> I am that guy. I'm in a snap furniture. I am just, that's another thing around the cardio thing. I don't want to get on the bike just in case I snap the fucking thing in half. I mean, they, they got normal guys here lifting weights. Look at Justin. He's a normal fucking person. And then he got fat Joe wandering in and fucking destroying the goddamn place. Nobody wants that. I mean, I'm, I'm right now. I walk into this joint. It's a serious gym. What's it called? Revolutions or whatever the fuck. I don't even know, but I walked in and I am, I am the perfect weight to be bench pressed by everybody who goes to this gym. That's it. They don't, they don't know me as anybody who wants to heck and hang out and exercise. They know me as a guy who should be hoisted. That's it. That's who I am. I'm a fuck. I'm a grappling hook and rope away from being a special exercise. from Sean. So, uh, so we walk into the fucking lifting room and, uh, and there's Sean and Sean, of course, is a buff guy. The only good thing is he's bald. So I know I've got that kind of, I've got, he's, he's got bad genes somewhere. So I've got that on him. I've got my perfect hair. 
Um, Sean's already working on some chick. She's on the floor. And, uh, and he's showing her like frog crawls, which are vaguely sexual. So I got to stare at her for fucking five minutes. Uh, and then Sean comes in. You see though, you saw those, right? She's like, what do I do here? And she's like, he's like, all right, it's almost like, hey, press your pelvis as hard into the ground as you can. And then start rotating your legs and grinding your hips. And I'm like, how many dollars do I have to throw at this woman to get her to continue this the entire workout, please? <laughs> Because she's face down and grinding, and I'm like, all right, let me. Not. Every exercise I have to do is behind her. Is that correct? Can I get this view? Um, so I walk in, and Sean's very nice. And again, like I said, buff but bald. And uh, and also, you know what? I will tell you this: he had he was bald, but he had a full beard and mustache. Do you like that look? I don't care for that look. You know what? You're just you're now a cartoon sailor. That's what you are at that point. You just got a big bushy fucking beard and a bald head. You're just like, matey, let's hit the grappling. Uh, so he's got the chick doing the frog crawls, and then uh, Justin comes in and and get this. He comes over to me and he's like, Hey, how are you? We'll get you started on uh, uh, this. And um, was it, did I do the Was it the rubber band I did first? Was it that thing? Uh, uh, which one? Um. Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck. All right, so here's the thing. I, I He had me do the fucking dick exercise. Well, not exercise for dicks. I mean, yeah, well, or an exercise that a dick would do. Uh, fuck. The, the phrasing is bad on all of this. Um, the shit that looks dumb in the gym. All right, let's put it that way. Like I said, there's I, if I'm throwing heavy weights around, that's one thing. But John does this same fucking thing to me where he's just like, all right, let's take these bands and you're going to do a plank with a band on. I'm like, oh, man. Here, wrap this around your forehead and step on it. Oh, Fuck. <laughs> I don't want to fucking crank my neck into this, but I, uh, but Sean is like, all right, come over here. He takes Justin off to go do his thing. He's like here. And there's these PX, PRX, TRX, uh, bands. All they are, they're just fucking cargo rope. All right. And, uh, they're canvas, almost like canvas. Like you would use to secure something to the roof of your car with grips, with handles. And, um, and it's that, that bullshit exercise that poor people have to do where you use your own weight. You know what I mean? Give me fucking barbells, goddamn it. I paid to be in this goddamn room, even though I didn't pay to be in this goddamn room. But still, if I had paid to be in this goddamn room, I'd want to use barbells, damn it. Don't fucking have you. Here, use your own weight. Here, hang from this and pull yourself. Because that's the thing. It's you You lean back as far as you can on your heels, holding yourself by the grips, and then you just pull yourself forward. You're just working your chest out and, and your back. And... uh and you just feel stupid. It's it's the kind of jungle gym bullshit you would have done in school. And it's not it's nothing it's nothing that you should be doing with a trainer. It's nothing you should be doing in a fucking gym. Now look, I know before anybody emails me or whatever, I know I'm wrong. Okay, I know it's healthy for you. I know it's good for you. Uh, isometrics, plyometrics, whatever the fuck, some other b- dumb metrics that they, they all work for you. Um, so I got to do sets of those. So he's like, do three sets of ten. So I did three sets of ten. And uh, in the meantime. Justin, who's also there for a workout, if, if not more of a workout than I am, because Justin's actually paying this fucking guy. Uh, I thought I was bad getting the PRX or whatever the fuck. Justin, is, he takes Justin. He goes, all right, uh, how you doing? And, he's, and Justin's like, oh, I don't know, man. My fucking hamstrings and stuff are, are, are kind of wiped out from the fucking the fight. Because uh, so any any chance Justin gets to get to remind you that he was in a goddamn fight. You know what I mean? He's just, oh, I'll tell you what, my hammies are a little tight from when I rolled in my jujitsu tournament and fucked that guy up. Who wants to see my silver medal? Uh, and you're just like, all right, buddy, good for you. Uh, so he tells Sean, ah, my legs. And then Sean's like, well, come on over here, man. I got an exercise for you. Now I should tell you, um, I, you know, I've had back stuff going on just occasionally, or I, now my calf too. I told you, it feels like there's a fucking ball of fire in the middle of my calf. Sometimes, um, three months ago, I told John this, I had a, I had a back thing and he's like, you gotta get a foam roller at your house. I'm like, I oh, dude, I don't, what the fuck? I don't even like those at the gym. He's like, no, you get one, you do this. Trust me, every day you have to do it at workout. You'll feel much better. And then you get a foam roller 
which I don't know if you've ever used it or even you've even felt it. Uh, I don't know where they're keeping the foam. I, I don't know if it's somewhere in the center, like a chewy Oreo cream or something, because the outside is is fucking prison hard, man. I mean, it just fucking sucks. So you lay on this thing and you're just, it's supposed to be getting the kinks out or whatever the fuck. Like it's an ironing board that you roll on and uh, and, and it's just... Uh, my God, is it, it, it painful? It just, I, that's the only word for it. And also, that's another thing where I'm using all of my own weight and pressing my lower back into this fucking foam roller and trying to fucking loosen up, but I'm not loosening up because again, my giant body is all misproportioned. I'm fucking myself up. I'm just making it worse. And I never thought I would need directions for how to use a foam roller. It's long and it's round. Fucking roll. That's it. It's, the directions are in the fucking title, man. But then again, you lied about the foam. You might have lied about the fucking roller. What the fuck do I know? So, uh, so I, I, I got the foam roller at my house and I know what a torture device that is. So he says to Justin, he's like, oh yeah, I got a way to fucking stretch you out. And I thought, I'm like, oh man, foam roller. I know this, I know this pain. I wanted to go comfort Justin, give him a hug. But instead he takes Justin over to the fucking, like the, like the deadlift set fucking cage or whatever the bench thing. I don't know. I don't know what they call weights. And uh, he goes, here, put your leg up here. So he's got Justin. Now, I thought a foam roller was bad, but at least when the foam roller hurts, you can comfort yourself thinking to yourself, well, at least this is called a foam roller. This is what it's known for. He's got Justin hanging off of a fucking barbell like a bat. Like, I mean, like literally like he's got to grip it with his toes and roll his fucking hamstring into it. And, and Justin's trying to hold on for dear life as he's kind of grinding his leg into a metal bar. I'm like, that's not healthy or safe for anybody. Sailor Josh on what the fuck? Uh, but sailor Sean told him to do it and he did it. And, uh, and, but then I also thought to myself, wait a minute, now I'm doing this TXR bullshit and he gets to sit down and fucking grind his leg into the ground. Good for you. So I'm being tortured, man. I was being discriminated against. Um, but then I finished, uh, my PRXs, and then he comes over and he's like, all right, how about you do this? And he gives me again, he gives me a giant rubber band. <laughs> and he's like, here, step through this and put it around your thighs and then do like, I, I fucking Buddha squats to the side and then walk sideways. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about? You got to face forward and squat down like you're a, like you're a cornerback, right? If you know football, you know, a cornerback gets in position where he's, he's ready to get his hips fluid and he's ready to stay with the receiver. Okay. Imagine if you were doing that, but nobody's running at you ever and everybody's staring at you and instead making fun of you. So that's what's happening. And you have a giant rubber band around your thighs and you have to step to the side, step, step, step. And you got to do 15 steps one way and then 15 steps back. And he tells me to do four sets of, of 15 steps each way. And, uh, and in the meantime, like I said, I'm, I, uh, I don't like those things anyway, but I really don't like them when there's three 21 year old muscle heads behind me deadlifting 500 fucking pounds. And I'm not lying. I counted the fucking plates. Uh, and also let me tell you this, there's a rule in my gym. When you lift, you lift and you try to do it. We're all friends. We're all trying to be friendly and we're all doing the best we can. Uh, and also don't drop your weights. That's all we ask. Uh, I'm, I'm so I get in this fucking rubber band. Like, like I uh, just awful. Like I, 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 and I, I look like I should have been, uh, like I'm, I'm bent over and I got the rubber band around my knees and I've got to walk side to side, side to side. And, uh, I look like I'm, I'm ready to escape the riot at Stonewall as far as I'm concerned. So I'm limping back and forth, <laughs> 15 steps, one, two, three, four, stepping weird. And all of a sudden behind me, there's a crash. That sounds like, like, like either everything in the place has been drawn to a giant magnet behind me and smashed into one spot, or someone said, hey, Kool-Aid. I'm not sure which it could have been. 
but this huge crashing noise behind me. And then I'm, and I'm, look, I would love to have whipped around and seen exactly what was going on, but I'm trapped in a fucking rubber band walking side to side. So I'm going side to side in a rubber band, eight, nine, smash, this huge noise. And then finally I, I get up the gumption. I, you know, I get to 15 and I turn around and it's these two fucking ripped dudes and they're deadlifting, like I said, they're deadlifting 500. They've got, I, I, I could do a plate breakdown for you there, but I knew what they were doing. And, uh, and they're lifting it. And then every, after each lift, dropping it to the ground. They were not putting it back down. It was like, they were like, one, two, and, uh, and just, the, they're the kind of guys who brought their own chalk to the gym. You know what I'm talking about? Those fucking dudes. And they just, they, and, but they, be, look, they belong to the gym. They belong in the gym. Certainly they both got that thing where if you had them naked, you could start circling muscle groups and teaching a class. You know what I mean? Those kind of guys. And also they were, and they didn't mind it either because they were doing the fucking lifting. And, um, and I don't know if this is a thing you're supposed to do. Cause I've seen this happen before they're deadlifting, right? And they're in shorts and shirts, but then they hike their fucking shorts up into a thong position where it's like, so every inch of their thigh is exposed. And I don't know if they're getting off on seeing each other's thighs flex as they deadlift, or if they're looking in the mirror to see what muscle groups have been activated by the deadlifting, or if, or if they're just trying to entice me, the new guy in town to join them for a three-way. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, and, and, and I got they got a sweet shot of my ass as I'm bent over going 15, 14, 13, maybe, maybe I drew them in. Who knows? Uh, but they were crashing the weights and it, and I'm so fucking old man. Cause I, I did, I wanted to go over and just go, guys, don't fucking do that. But I mean, who the fuck am I? It's their gym. I'm a guest. I don't know anybody. And also it could be the etiquette to drop weights at every gym in the fucking America. I have no idea. I don't go to gyms. Uh, the one I go to, we don't do it, but it doesn't mean everybody's going to behave the way I want them to behave. But also it was distracting as fuck. Am I wrong, Justin? No. It was a crazy loud fucking noise and they were just fucking, and, and they were, that thing where they're kind of getting off on it too. You know, you could tell just by, yeah, you don't need to make a big noise. We already see what you're doing. You don't need to make the big noise to fucking get us to notice you. Uh, or maybe they're just taunting me because they sensed I was in from Los Angeles and I was invading their fucking dojo and I was doing baby steps in a 15 fucking loop rubber band. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, so I finished my rubber bands and uh, I, you know, I'm okay. I'm starting to get a little sweat going on because uh, you know, I work out hard. Uh, and Justin is involved. Justin's throwing a medicine ball against a wall or some bullshit. I, I'm like, cause I, I feel bad for you, man. Cause I'm actually getting, I'm, they're making me do weights, but Justin's doing all this plyometric fucking stuff that I was like, Oh man, that's weird looking. Uh, and then Sean brought me over and I had to, uh, lat pull downs and he had me working with frog girl. Um, and, and I will, he started me at like 70 pounds. And I mean, I do those, I do those at 160 pounds where I, when I lift, so I, I didn't want to argue with him. So he put it at 70 and I, I did one and he goes, how's that feel? And I go, that's really light. He goes, all right, well, let's do, we could do like 90. And I'm like, I actually do these with like 150 at home. And he's like, oh, well, you know, let's just get you at a hundred. Let's just get you at a hundred. And I, I knew why he was doing that because he thought that I was overcompensating how much that I lift normally to try to fit in and not look like a pussy at the gym. I, I can almost guarantee that's why he was like, cause I, he thought I would jump to like 150 just to try to prove a point. When in reality, I do lift. Like, I, you know, I know what I do. I mean, I see the fucking plates. But also, all these machines are different. I'll tell you that because there's a fucking curl machine at my, uh, at, at my gym that I go to now. And I can, I can do like 130 curls on it, you know, if, if I'm sitting down. If we, if we don't do the dumbbell curls or barbell curls, sometimes I'll just bust out sets on the, on the curl machine. But if I go to my gym where I do cardio, the, the curl machine, I'll sit down. I can barely do the like 90 to 100 pounds. It's fucking weird. Um, are we shushing? Uh, are we shushing Mookie? What's wrong with Mookie? Mookie, you want us to go outside? 
She doesn't have to be quiet. She can bark all she wants. Nobody wants to fish. Believe me, at this point, I should turn the microphone over to fucking Mookie. Nobody wants to hear me talk about They're like, hey, tell us more about the fucking gym, dummy. No, wouldn't you rather hear a dog bark for an hour? I think I would. Uh, so so I do the lat pull downs. Oh, Mook wants to, uh, can you hear her crying? She's all sad. Uh, you know what she's sad about? They were dropping the weights. Even she can't believe it for fuck's sake. She's like, ah, damn it. Uh, let's talk more about Justin's dog. Uh, oh, wait, Mary, are you going to go let him out or what's happening? Am I doing bad things? Um, Mookie and Funches are the two dogs here. Mookie is, of course, named for Mookie Blaylock, former basketball player, and also Mookie Blaylock, former band known now known as Pearl Jam. That was uh, Pearl Jam's first name, as you all know. And Funches is, of course, named for comedian Ron Funches. Uh, and I know you think I'm kidding. Funches is actually named for comedian Ron Funches. Um, so uh, it was his special funny. He was funny, right? Funches, right? That's your guy. Yeah. Oh, it's named for Devin Funches. I, you told me it was Ron Funches once. Were you yeah, joking? You yeah. You, you assumed it was Ron Funches, but it has two S's. I am, uh, I am not a smart person. And now look at me derailing the show here with mistakes. I, and, I, and I just, and your and you're lovely people did not even correct me because I even just went, oh no, it's actually named for Ron Funches the comedian. Because also though, I'm saying bullshit half the fucking time. So they're like, should we tell him he's wrong? Probably not. I mean, he'll be mad. Uh, I would never be mad. I would never be mad. Please tell me that I'm fucking wrong. That's all I ask. Uh, so it's named for Devin Funches. Uh, well, we might as well get to the bottom. Who's Mookie named for? Uh, sort of indirectly for Mookie Betts. But Mookie she, Betts. We heard his name and Mary liked that name. So she said that I see. Name. Okay. Uh, and you know, of course, Mookie Wilson was a player for the New York Mets a million years ago. And why was he named Mookie? I don't know. As a child, he could not say milk. So he would say uh, Mookie. He would say Mookie, Mookie. And so then everybody called him Mookie when he was a child. And now there's a pit bull named Mookie who also cannot say milk. So that, that works out great. <laughs> Look at that. We've come full circle. Uh, uh, Funches and, uh, and Mookie are pit bulls, and they are lovely. And uh, But I will tell you this. Um, Mookie is jacked. Like, Mookie is nothing but muscle, and she is two years old. And uh, and I saw her. We spent time in the yard where she was running around going through. Uh, there's a tube that she can run through, and she, uh, they lead her through a fence with treats and stuff like that. And Mookie will run at, like, 40 miles an hour around the yard. It's fun to watch because Funches is five, and Mookie is two. Uh, and they'll race, and they'll do this thing where they'll kind of run in almost a figure eight around the, the yard. But um, Mookie will do the figure eight, and Funches will stop at the six. <laughs> And let Mookie continue and then come back and then meet her. And then Funches pretends like, yeah, we're still doing this. Yay. And she'll run half the course and then stop again and wait for Mookie to finish and then come back and meet her. It's beautiful. Dogs are fucking great, man. I just, I, you know, I, they jump and Mookie does this thing where she will jump on you and she smushes you. Like she puts all of her weight on you. Like she's uh, like almost as if she's trying to score a pinfall in some way. She'll put all of her weight into your chest. And then also her face, she presses her face directly into your face, cheek to cheek. And then she'll but press hard, not like just like lovingly rub your cheek. She smashes you into the fucking furniture. It's hilarious. Uh, and she'll do it all the time. I'm, I'm a huge fan. So she does that constantly. And, uh, and, and I, you know, I'm not around dogs enough. So then to come here and they fucking jump on me, they shed all over me, which is totally fun. And then she smushes me. Um, and then today, oh man, she got a bath. Mookie got a bath because she has to have some, uh, she's got a, a, whatever, dogs get a skin thing. I don't know. She's got to get some kind of bath. And then she came running into the fucking place and dudes, so she doesn't have hair to do the fucking, the wiggle, the where all the water goes everywhere. No, she's just uh, covered in it. And she just jumped in and how she dry off by rolling all over me. That was fun. <laughs> 
I'm on the couch and she literally just leaps on me and I go, that is a wet dog. That's a wet dog. And Justin comes in. He's like, Milk, get down. And I'm like, no, it's okay. I don't mind. And because I, because you know me, there's nothing more that I mind than being covered in fucking wet dog. But I'm trying to be, again, I'm a good house guest. I'm trying to be polite. I was trying to get out of doing a show that night. So I was trying to be nice. And, uh, and sure enough, I'm like, no, that's okay. Your dog can be wet all over me. And he's like, no, come on, Mook, get down. And then Mook did. Um, and then I wring out my shirt and washed my face 47 times, which was nice. Um, but I love being here with them. And I hope they're not sad uh, that I'm talking so much. And I'm yelling and swearing. That could be it. Because uh, also they do get scared by tall people. And I guess I'm kind of tall. And also uh, Mary and Justin are normal sized people. And they're also quiet people. Their house that's always quiet here. And then I show up and there's a racket. Uh, you know who I am? I'm the human equivalent of deadlifters at Sean's gym. That's what I am. So I just come in. It's like crash to the dogs. That's what I am. I'm the deadlifters to the dogs. They're like, pull your shorts down and fucking control yourself. Um so we're at the gym. I went and did uh, uh, I went and did lat pull downs, and then I did some dumbbell presses, uh, and then we at the end. So at the end of this, we we lifted for about an hour, and then Sean, uh, I was like, "You finished that? You finished this?" I said, "Yeah, I did this. I did that." And oh, and he had me do a kettlebell squats with like a fucking fifty pound kettlebell. So it was like in front of me, and uh, I stood up and did like a fucking hip, you know, hip raises, whatever the fuck. Um, but then the last thing we did, he's like, I, I don't know. He took you out for like some, some cardio in the other room or something. So Justin finishes off with cardio and he looks at me and he's like, and, and it was so funny. It was almost like an afterthought where he goes, all right. Uh, he goes, yeah, Justin and I are going to head out here. He goes, I'll tell you what, why don't you, um, do some lateral raises? And, uh, if you don't know what lateral raises are, you, you took, you take two dumbbells, one in each hand and you hold them at your side and then you lift them, uh, to shoulder level and then you put them down and, uh, oh, Jesus, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, so he said, uh-oh, what's wrong? Um, shush. I, I love the idea. Well, was that, was that come out of mind? I love the idea that we're trying to tell dogs to be quiet during a broadcast. And they're just like, shh, can't you see Mike's doing a show? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I've done this show with dogs before. I did it with Tawny. My ex uh, had her beagle, Tawny, would hang out and fucking bark at me. Um, all right. What is that? Do they have a ray gun? I think the dogs have a ray gun. What's that noise? <laughs> Oh, Justin's getting water. Okay, Jesus, that scared the hell out of me. I was like, what the fuck is that? Um, so, yeah, so I wound up, uh, it was fun. You know, we, we, we went to the gym and he said to me, he's like, all right, we're going to finish you off with this. And he's like, you're going to do lateral raises. And he, he brings out two 15-pound dumbbells. And he goes, all right, I want you to do uh, 12 sets of 10. And if you could, uh, we want you to alternate them with, and he takes another rubber band out and he ties it around a fucking post. And he goes, uh, alternate that with uh, bringing this to eye level and pulling it towards your forehead uh, as taut as you can. And I said, great. And he takes Justin in the other room. And then I start doing lateral raises. And, and I mean, 12 sets of 10. All right. Now, I've already done four sets of 10 dumbbell presses. I've done, you know, I've done a ton of stuff. And I'm, I'm sweating, man. I'm pouring fucking sweat. But I also don't do a lot of lateral raises with John. We do different back exercises. You know, I'll do tri stuff. And then, uh, and, and. And so I haven't done them in a while. So I start doing with the 15 pound weight and I do a set of 10 and then I do the rubber band I do another set of 10 and I do the third set of 10 and that one I got, that one's a fucking struggle. Uh, and then I do the fourth set of 10 and I, I, I by the time I get to 12 or to, to nine, I'm just like fucking forcing it up. And then the 10th one, I fucking fling it up and I put it down. And then in my brain, I'm like, I can't fucking, I mean, this is a lot because now I got eight, I got, I still got eight sets of 10 left. So then in my head, I go, all right, I can manage it this way. So I managed it down to, uh, I got 12 and a half pound weights and I figured, I figured I could do four of those. So I would do four 15s, four sets of 12 and a half, four sets of 10. Uh, and then, and that winds up being 12. Um, hold on. What's happening? 
<laughs> There's a dog again <laughs> underneath the table. Um, but dudes, by the I'm in the twelve and a half, and I was and also alternating with pulling the fucking the 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 rubber band. I was. I was fucking fried. Like I was making myself do it because again, you don't want to be a pussy in the other fucking enemy's territory. But, uh, and sailor Sean beat it. He fucking came and shook my hand. He goes, I'll talk to you later. I'm not even done. Justin's finished. And Justin's like, Hey man, we can go. And, uh, and instead I'm like, I got to finish these sets. I didn't have to finish those sets. Who the fuck am I? I could have left. I could have done anything I wanted. I could have blown up the gym, yelled at the deadlifters, whatever. But instead I just knew somehow sailor Sean would know that by osmosis, I was a pussy and I had to finish these fucking sets. So I said to Justin, Hey, can I finish these? Which is fucking arrogant as hell already he's bringing me to his gym and on the cardio he's like hey let's go and i go oh, i gotta finish this mile and a half because i'm an idiot and now i'm gonna make him wait for me to finish sets and by the way you know me you know i'm the only one bothered by this justin couldn't care less he's like yeah go ahead do what you gotta do he's fine uh so i finished the sets and and my arms are fucking burnt and uh and we go to split and that night last night we were gonna have the ufc here and we we're gonna watch that was the whole point of me coming out here i thought uh and <laughs> So I was told to do a fucking podcast at a kitchen table on Sunday night. Um, but sure enough, he's like, uh, all right, man, let's go home. And, and we had to uh, um, go and we, we had to stop and run some errands. But uh, his gym is in a strip mall and uh, located directly next door to the, to the gym. Uh, and he had warned me, too, when we pulled up. He's like, hey, um, right next to the gym, there is a... Uh, there's a bakery called Sweetheart's Bakery, and uh, you're going to be able to smell it through the wall of the gym. It's the weirdest thing. So I'm I'm in there doing Buddha walks and fucking kettlebell lifts, and I'm doing fucking four sets of 10 and four sets of 12 and a half and whatever the fuck. And the whole time I'm smelling like a tart or whatever the fuck coming through the wall. So we walk out of the gym. I go, hey, should we go to the, uh, should we go to the bakery? And he's like, no, why? We just worked out. Why do we go to the fucking bakery, man? And I'm like, well, I don't know for tonight. Like, should I, should I bring something? You know, because we're having the parties, having people over, he's cooking dinner and stuff. And he goes, well, no, you don't have to bring anything. I said, I know I don't have to bring anything, but would it be appropriate for me to bring something? And, and uh, Justin goes, well, yeah, it would be appropriate for you to bring something. (laughs) And, uh, and I went, oh, all right, well then let's go into cake house. And we did. And, uh, and they had lemon, they had all sorts of tarts and torts. And other things that began with tea, but I wound up purchasing a pumpkin cake, uh, which again, I, I recommend that highly. Do me a favor. When you go and lift at the gym and you walk up with your shoulders on fire, stop and buy a pumpkin cake. It'll change your whole attitude. You throw it in the trunk of the infinity, <laughs> drive down the fucking street. Um, we stopped at Walmart because I had to go look for and see if they had my chocolate covered fruit. Because again, fat mead was not, he came with us. You know, he was, he, he sat idly by while I went into the gym and I did all these sets, but then fat me showed up in the bakery and said, Hey, let's stop at Walmart and look for this. Uh, I wanted to buy chips for the, for the gathering as well. I bought some, I bought some Tostito scoops cause he said he had sauce in the fridge. I bought, cause you know me, I always look for weird chips. We went to Walmart and guess what they had ruffles, beer battered onion ring flavor. So I picked those up, uh, and they taste nothing like beer battered onion ring. They taste a sort of oniony, but nothing like beer battered onion rings, a failure I would say. Uh, but still delightful. I mean, I killed the whole bag. Of course we had people over last night for the UFC, which was great. Our, our friend, uh, uh, boom was in town. Our friend Chet. Let me ask you this. I'm going to, I'm going to, all right, I'm going to throw this quiz out at you. Uh, what do you think Chet is short for? I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask. I'm not even going to give you the answer. I demand <laughs> the first person who emails me, what can I give as a prize? What can I give? I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know. What would you want as a prize? Name your prize. How about that? Let's do that. It can't be anything good. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do this. First person who gives me the correct answer, I will PayPal you a dollar. How about that? What is Chet short for? 
Uh, and don't, don't say, oh, it's short for this. I read it in a dictionary. Fuck all that. I don't know there's a dictionary of chets, but, uh, but don't say to me, don't fight me on it. My point is if you give it to me and I'm going to go, no, this is the answer. And you go, fuck you. I read it in a book. Fuck your book. I'm talking about the guy who was here last night. What is his first name and what is Chet short for? And by the way, his name is also Schmidt. So I will tell you his first name goes with Schmidt a lot better than Chet does because Chet Schmidt just sounds like somebody punched you in the gut. I mean, that just sounds awful. Chet Schmidt. It just sounds bad. It's an expectoration, not a name, but he was a good guy. And uh, he's also, I will tell you this, it was fun to, to go and hang out with him and boom. And, and uh, of course our good friend, Justin, they're, they're, you know, they're all fucking jujitsu fucking head bangers. And so they're talking like, oh yeah, advanced position. Oh, I had this. And I, uh, one time I was in butterfly guard. Like everybody's got a story, like a old Vietnam story, but it's all these times when they were got, they got soiled in a gi. So one time I'll tell you what I was, I was, had this guy pinned down. He was from Vietnam. Oh, okay. Um, and we're watching the UFC and we're all analyzing stuff. It was totally fun. And also, Oh, you know what? Our friend Bob came by yesterday too. Now get this. This is fucking bananas. Bob shows up. Now I had been warned by Justin. He's like, Hey, Bob saw you when you had, and this is my favorite, the thing, Justin has the same exact shorthand that I have. Justin's like, Hey, uh, you know what? Bob saw you with the bombed out shithole when you were here. Cause I kept calling it the bombed out shithole when I played here in Phoenix, like nine years ago, whatever the fuck. And he said that he's like, yeah, Bob saw you then. And, uh, and he liked, I guess he liked the show, which was nice. Um, although I think he was just coming over for the UFC and the pulled pork, quite frankly. And then, uh, he's like, yeah, I know he's a guy from Ohio and he's kind of got a lot of the same upbringing as you kind of hard scrabble and all that stuff. And, uh, I said, cool. So then Bob shows up last night. He's the first one to arrive before Chet and boom doorbell rings door opens. There's Bob. Uh, and also bald with a beard. I don't understand the sailor town you've got going on here, but Bob walks in and, uh, he's like, Oh, Hey, Justin. Hey, Mary. And he talks to the dogs for about nine minutes. Oh, what's up? Do you smell Betty on me? And I, I thought that was freaky and weird till I realized he had a dog named Betty. So I was like, all right, I felt much better about things. Uh, and he's like, Oh, and he's hugging Mookie and Funches and he's doing all that. And he's doing all the stuff you do with dogs when you say hi. And I don't mind taking a backseat to dogs. That's totally cool. And then he finishes and he walks over and Justin goes, this is Hey, Bob, this is Mike. And I go, hey, Bob, nice to meet you. And he doesn't, I put my hand out to shake it and he points at me and he goes, egg drop soup. <laughs> and I said, uh, uh, what? And he goes, egg drop soup. I can't see more than two people in a hot tub ever the rest of my life without thinking of egg drop soup. Because that was a joke I did at the bombed out shithole in fucking 2011. And he brings it to me eight years later on a goddamn platter. And, uh, and I, I, I was overwhelmed and impressed that he knew it. I was like honored that he kind of remembered my act a little bit. It was fun. It was awesome, man. And, I, and so I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, do you remember that? He goes, oh, my God. He goes, I can't see more than two people in a, in a hot tub without thinking of it every time you say it, um, which I guess I should probably tell the joke now, probably so people know what it is. All right. Uh, I, I went to a strip club once in Peoria, Illinois, and they, just, they had a, a fucking hot tub at the strip club. And I said, and uh, I, I don't remember the full joke, but the punchline was, oh, Christ, I, you know, a hot tub and a strip club. Is that a good idea? You know, by, by fucking 11 o'clock PM, that whole thing just looks like egg drop soup because uh, customers and strippers could pay to go into the hot tub together. I said, by 11 o'clock PM, that whole thing just looks like egg drop soup. And, uh, and I, I somehow it was, it, that's what's funny. Again, this will show you how we cheat. Um, that's from my act from the road like that. Cause that's a literal joke from Peoria. So then in 2011 or 12, whenever I do the bombed out shithole, uh, we were in a war zone. Like there was a fucking adult bookstore across the way in a strip club kitty corner. And I'm pretty sure I, I made it about Phoenix when it was really about Peoria or I might've told it about Peoria 
in referencing the last time I played a neighborhood like this. This is how we work, folks. That's how we do things. You have no idea right now. There is there is a dog gently nuzzling my thigh in the weirdest fucking way. It is it is. I don't know if it's a head or a or a ass. I can't tell what it is. Uh, was it her head? It was literally she just I I you know what I just I peeked under the table and just saw an eye glow. I'm like oh. Now normally that's a good thing. If you ever peek under the table, you're like you got a head on your thigh and you look down. And there's an eye looking up at you. You're like all right, business is about to pick up. Uh, but instead it is a young Mookie trying to go outside and wants her fucking mom and dad back. And I don't blame her. Uh, so we watched the fights last night. We had a great time and we watched, uh, I don't know if you saw the UFC or if you care about the UFC and I'm just going to talk about it a little bit here. Uh, last night was the UFC's biggest card of the year. And, uh, and I, I was excited and it's one of those things where like, I try not to get too worked up about sports anymore. I try not to care too much about sports anymore, but, um, Sometimes an event comes along that you have to invest in. And last night was an event I was invested in because the headlining fight. Now, there were other great fights. Uh, Pieter Jan from uh, Russia was fighting against Uriah Faber, trying to stunt his comeback. Uh, there were three championship fights. Amanda Nunez, the, uh, the greatest woman's female combat athlete of all time, was fighting, defending her championship. Uh, that was a great fight. Um, our, our good friend, uh, who was that? Oh, we had to Max Holloway, perhaps the greatest featherweight who's ever fought, going against Alexander Volkanovsky. From Australia, another classic battle. And Alexander Volkanovsky does it literally the, the night of his life, fights the fight of his life and wins the belt, which was fantastic. But it was all about the headlining. I mean, it wasn't all about it. I mean, the headlining one was the, that was the grudge match. That was the one that I was fucking uh, invested in. Everything else I wanted to watch with a kind of a, you know, just the, uh, an eye for, hey, I like fights. This will be fun. But I actually had a decided guy I was sticking for in the, uh, in the final. And it was because Kamara Usman, who is the, the UFC welterweight champion, was fighting against... Uh, you know, I don't even want to say, ah, fuck, I'll say his name. There's a guy named Colby Covington who has, uh, he's risen in the ranks because he has adopted the, uh, the persona of being a MAGA guy. Like he wears the red hat, the MAGA hat, the Trumps went to see him fight. He's been to the white house and showed off his interim belt to Donald Trump and shook his hand. Uh, and, and he plays the role of, of just a complete and utter douchebag. He shows up in like, he, he's, he's combined, Ric Flair with anybody who from the from the Luftwaffe. I mean, it, it's just he's trying to be this like white fucking nationalist asshole. He, he just and, and the worst part of it is he's doing this with with no conviction whatsoever because he admits that he's, he's like, oh, I don't really mean this. It's a character to try to book fights. I'm just trying to make fans mad. And the funny thing is it works because all the fans fucking hate him. Well, not all the fans, but there's, believe me, it's half and half. Half the, the MAGA guys all think he's a fucking champ. They love him. But uh, but he's made this bed for himself where he's got anybody. And look, I know you don't like when I get into politics. You don't like when I talk about it. And I don't know much about it. I'm a fucking comedian. What the fuck do I know? I just know what I think and what my opinions are. But anybody who aligns themselves with the people that are in, in charge right now, you you must admit that you are relying and, and cloaking yourself in absolute ignorance and you will have to deal with that somewhere down the line because eventually these motherfuckers will not be running things and you will have to answer to a cousin or a sister or a daughter or anybody else you might know who has anybody in their life that was harmed by this fucking administration and you will have to look at them and say yeah no i was totally on board with that and uh and then eventually when they're gone and then you try to explain yourself and go oh no well i mean i didn't agree with all of it i mean i only thought about this no no fuck you fuck you and and not fuck you you guys are cool and i like you you're my friends i feel this this is always a thin line because i get letters from people then who are like hey you don't know what it's like and I'm, i hear what you're saying i understand it and everybody does what they need to do and nobody wants to hear me preach at them but i guess in this context colby covington is a guy who has hidden himself and cloaked himself in uh in 
a vague reference to white nationalism. He's he's racist. He and and I I don't mean that lightly. Kamara Usman was born in Nigeria and he came here when he was eight years old to Dallas and he, he became an American citizen. And uh, and Covington call, says he's a fake. Says he wasn't born in Nigeria. That never happened. He was born here. He's using Africa to try to get sympathy. I mean, he's just a bad person, Colby Covington. Whether he believes or he doesn't believe it, the very fact that he would say it and use it to try to make one fucking dime makes him a bad person. So, uh, so I was invested in seeing him get fucking crucified last night. I mean, I didn't want him to lose. I did. That was the whole thing. We even talked before it was happening. They're all coming to the ring. You know, he comes to the ring to Kurt Angle's theme song. So everybody can yell, you suck. So he can pretend that he's in on it. He carries Donald Trump Jr.'s book to news conferences. He's that kind of a fucking tool bag. He wears a MAGA fucking hat, sunglasses. He, he, uh, Kamara Usman used to train at a gym called the Black Zillions, and uh, the man who ran the gym died. And uh, Kamara uh, and, and Colby Covington said that the guy had died of shame because he realized that he had represented Kamara Usman as a fighter, and he he wished that he would be around to show him what a real fighter was like. And then the daughters of that guy said, "Don't use our dead father to try to sell a fight." And then he doubled down on them. He's a bad person. I don't give a fuck if he pretends that he's doing it for a goof or to sell things or make money. Regardless, everybody was just following orders until they say that they weren't. So uh, he 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 was fighting last night, and I could not. I wanted him. It wasn't even like I said. We talked here, and I'm like, I can't handle this if it's a fucking squeaker. I can't handle a five round split decision. This has to end in a murder. Like this has to be Covington has to get fucking destroyed just so they can erase any trace of this bullshit. And also, I knew it wasn't going to go away. Uh, yes, she did just hit me in the nuts. Uh, that tail. Uh, these dogs, they're pit bulls. All right. So I thought pit bulls got their tails cut off. Like I didn't know that much about them. Uh, but boy, Mookie and Funches have crazy long tails and they swing them with fucking uh, like I heard a story that Mookie gets her tails going. So she was in the hallway and it was hitting both walls in the hallway and she wound up drawing blood from her own tail because she was fucking so excited and spanking it against the wall, not even thinking about it. And uh, and goddamn, they're just sweethearts. Like she gets her tail rolling and I just want to smother her in like a hug. And go, it's OK. Stop. It's OK. You're fine. Everything's fine. Uh, but they're just so goddamn excited. And she's so young and cool. And I'm going to pet her right now while I'm even talking. Mookie, goddamn it. Uh, <laughs> Um, she's the fucking best. Uh, so I didn't want this to be any sort of, uh, ending that anyone could question. I didn't want Covington to go, Oh, or Covington, I should say to be like, Oh no, it was a mistake or the referees or any of that shit, because you knew he would anyway, let's put it this way. No matter what, no matter what happened, he was going to say that he could have gotten knocked out in the first round. He would have said, Oh, uh, the lights blinded me. And this is all fake news. He would have done all that shit because that's what he does. Uh, and because that's what they all do. That's, that's the new thing. Everyone, there's no truth. There's no facts. There's no stable ground anymore. All of us are fucking swimming in fucking quicksand and trying to keep our balance and not go under. And it's fucking ridiculous. And you, you, you see it and it's crazy making because you want to say, Hey, you can't do that. Hey, you shouldn't do that. Hey, you did that. No, I didn't do that. Well, you shouldn't do that. I didn't do that. Well, why are you doing this? I'm not doing this. And then they fucking do it. And then you go, why did you do that? And you go, what? You wanted me to do that. I didn't fucking want you to do that. Sorry, Mook. So, so that's what kind of an asshole this fucking guy is. And so I just wanted him murked, man. I wanted a fucking blood spot wherever the fuck he was standing. And I even said, we were talking, I go, I don't give a fuck how this ends as long as it ends definitively. I, I don't give a fuck if Fan Man from the Evander Holyfield Riddick bullfight fucking comes piloting in and lands him in the octagon and breaks his neck. That's fine. I'll take that as a finish as long as he never gets to fight again. Uh, don't look up the fight. I think it was Holyfield Bow. I know Bow was there, right? I don't know who the fuck was in there. Sometimes some boxing historian's going to be like, uh, excuse me, sir, Riddick Bow during the fan, man. I don't care. So, 
uh, so we were, I was, we were tense, man. It was like this thing where all the other fights were great, but we were, we were enjoying them as fight fans and analyzing them. Once the fucking main event started, it was, it was dead serious in this fucking house. And I, I will tell you, I was very pleasantly surprised to find out that Boom and, uh, well, Chet left before the main event, but Boom and Justin and me and Bob were all of a like mind because we all wanted that. And because Bob, I'll tell you what, here's the best part. Bob didn't even know who the fuck this guy was. Bob showed up and he's like, so who's uh, who's in the main event tonight? We go watch this promo. He watches it. He goes, oh, that guy's an asshole. I'm like, yes, he is. He is. Won't it be great to watch him get punched? I was so excited to see him get punched over and fucking over again. Uh, but the problem with all of this is he's a good fighter. He's he, he doesn't have a lot of power, but he has an endless gas tank. And he keeps the pressure on. So he will fucking hit you a hundred times. He'll just come flying at you. He's also a fantastic wrestler. But Kamaru Usman, also a fantastic wrestler. So that was something I wanted to see is these two guys in the wrestling go fucking head to head. Well, oftentimes when you have a fight where guys are specialists in one or the other, uh, when you get two wrestlers fighting or you have two strikers fighting, it'll wind up on the ground or it'll wind up never being a wrestling match. And that's exactly what we got last night. We got five rounds of a fucking fight where guys were just punching each other in the face. And there were moments where Covington hit him and fucking starched Usman and Usman stood straight up and you're like, no, please, no, don't fall. You know, it's just, I, I was invested in a way that I haven't been invested in a fight since, since Spider and the Diaz brothers, man, which, uh, by the way, that is a fantastic band. You should check them out. Spider and the Diaz brothers. Oh, and also a fantastic detective show and a wonderful Saturday morning cartoon. Have I covered all of them now? So you guys don't have to write me with those. I hope so. Uh, Spider and the Diaz brothers Sundays at nine. Um, but then sure enough, the fight happened and, and it was, a. It was a back and forth affair. It was crazy. In the third round, Covington got blasted and he goes to his corner and he, he tells the guy, he's like, hey, uh, he goes, I broke my jaw. And they're like, two more rounds. That's, and that's the thing I love about fucking MMA or any combat sport. The guy's trying, he's basically telling you, hey man, I'm in a lot of fucking pain here, but coaches aren't there to fucking, you know, they're not going to hold your nuts and tell you everything's going to be okay. This fucking dude, he just goes, I broke my jaw. And the coach goes, two more rounds, Kobe. <laughs> and uh, Kobe, and he goes, oh, I, I broke my jaw. And he goes, all right, what you need to do here is you need to stay away. I like, they weren't even entertaining the fact that he had broken his jaw. They weren't going to listen to it. They weren't going to humor it. They were trying to make him forget it. So he could just go ahead and fight a fucking goddamn battle and uh he came out for the fourth round and then he, he he put the pressure on again and and look as much as i hate this fucking guy i have to admit that he fought a, a very good fight to the point where it may have been 2-2 going into the fifth round uh i personally believe it was 3-1 usman i had a 3-1 uh covington won the first and i think usman won the next three but here's the deal man i i uh at that point, when it, it could have been two two, and it could have been three one, and I don't, and I don't fucking know, and so now I'm preparing myself for a squeaker. Now I'm preparing myself for controversy. Now I'm preparing myself for him to fucking win. And I, and dudes, listen to me. If he wins this fight, it's fucking awful. If he wins this fight with a broken fucking jaw, and gets to pretend like he's fucking Rocky and he dominates and he's the fucking heart of a champion and I, oh dude MAGA heart whatever the fuck you want to call it, I would I would have I would have lost my fucking mind I could I was I wasn't ready to deal with it I just wasn't um, and like I said he fought a great fight but but I couldn't I just yeah he's a great fighter but he's just a terrible fucking person and I, I'm aren't you tired of seeing terrible people win aren't aren't you fucking tired of seeing terrible people get ahead I I, I know I am so. They come out for the fifth round. And like I said, he's got a broken jaw. And also, by the way, Kamara Usman, not a mark on him. I mean, he might have had a, swole, a swell under his eye, but there, he looks like a fucking statue coming out to fuck a guy up. And, and, and Covington is just bloody with a gash under his eye. He's just, he's all fucked up, broken jaw. Uh, and again, like I said, 
balls the size of a fucking Volkswagen to come out and fight with all that fucking going on in his skull and still taking it to Usman because then he starts taking it to him in the fifth round and all of us in the room are looking at one another like this can't this can't happen I even said I go this can't happen I can't there's gotta be like a power shortage or something please turn the lights out I can't this fucking guy can't win uh and and then with with four minutes gone in the round. And also the announcers keep talking about Covington. And this is another thing. They're fucking carrying water for this asshole where they, they start saying, you know, all the things Covey, uh, Colby did was to try to sell a fight. And he, he, he has no vices. He's a guy who takes care of his family. I don't give a fuck. You're not going to explain one thing to me that makes me want to like this guy. It's not going to happen. He's a shit bag. Cause I'll tell you what, if he's, if he's everything that he's saying, he is, he's a terrible fucking guy. But if he's just using that persona to try to make money, that's fucking worse. We got enough trolls in the fucking world. We don't need one walking around with a goddamn title belt and fucking throwing it in everybody's goddamn face. And I shouldn't care. I know I shouldn't care this much about sports. I shouldn't care about a fight. I, sh- I shouldn't care about any of this. I, I'm I'm stealing space on my friend's futon to, to, to eat their free pulled pork. I know that. I'm not a guy, a guy who you should care about what he thinks. But Jesus Christ, I couldn't. I, I wasn't... I love fights and I love fighting. It's funny. You know, I talked about this with the bears in the beginning of the season with the bears. I, I like when the bears are good because then I can kind of indulge myself and listen to sports media and I can listen to talk shows and, and hear people talk about the bears and they say good things. And I, and there's an actual discussion. If I have to just listen to what the fuck is wrong with the bears, why does their quarterback suck? And all, it's just, there's no fun in it. Sports are supposed to be fun. And if this fucking low rent Gehring is going to win a fucking belt. I can't watch. I, I, cause I like fights. I like watching it. I already, I have to skip a bunch of shit because he gets involved in it. And it makes me sick. It's terrible. That is a thirsty dog. <laughs> uh, well, what's funny is cause we were talking, you know, again, they live in a desert and, uh, and Mookie doesn't drink anything. It's the weirdest thing. Like we, we are, cause we were saying that Mookie drinks like once out of the bowl a day, maybe twice. And she doesn't sweat. She doesn't pant. Um, so she just she just must be a person who doesn't. But Funches apparently needs to drink a lake because Funches was just going off. Well, you know, what, though, Funches had a fucking stuffed toy in her mouth for the past five minutes. So maybe she got all dried out. Uh, Funches does that. What, this. All right. You know how dogs just they have their own cute thing that they do. Funches has toys that are like soft felt toys. And uh, when she's not trying to tear them apart with her vicious teeth. <laughs> She will lift them up and she'll bring them to you to go, look, I have a toy. And, and I asked Mary, I said, am I supposed to take the toy? And she goes, no, she just wants you to see that she has it. And uh, it's her security toy. It's like a little blanket. And she goes, you can pretend to take it. And then she'll turn her head away. And it's like a little game. But, you know, don't tug on it or any of that stuff. And, uh, you know, because they, they're, I don't know anything about pit bulls. So, again, all I know about pit bulls is, is certainly the things you're told and the things you read. And both Mookie and Funches are pit bulls, and they're the sweetest, nicest, fucking happiest dogs I've ever seen. I mean, they, they jump on you and just sit on you, and they, they do this weird – because I, I, I didn't know if they were smart or dumb. And uh, cause I don't know if dogs are smart or dumb. I have no idea. Cause like, I know like owls are smart, right? Aren't they? Or at least that's what TV tells me. Right. And birds are smart. Like I supposedly, even though they got tiny brains um, and some dogs are, are totally smart, but other dogs, I guess just operate on instinct. So I asked them, I go, are, are these dogs smart? And, uh, and they said, they're not known for their intelligence, but they are known for their, uh, their kindness and their loyalty. And, uh, and it shines through because uh, like Mookie will come and like I said, when she smushes your face, when she puts all of her body weight on you and pushes you, it's almost like she's trying to, uh, merge with you in some cool way where she wants to be like, she wants to be so loved by you that she wants to be a part of you. It's great. And, uh, and she'll sit also, this is a weird thing too. Like that's why I asked if they were smart. Like Mookie will look in my eyes 
like, uh, and I don't know if she's trying to trick me into giving her a fucking bone or if she's just, uh, or she's just looking at me like I'm a fucking, I, I don't know, like an intruder in the house, but she'll literally stare at me like in the eyes. I'll look at her and she'll look at me and just make a face like kind of, you know, and then she'll lean her head backwards and her tongue will fall out. Dude, fucking dogs are awesome. How great are dogs, right? And, and, and nothing against you guys, but fuck all of you. Honestly, I don't want to talk to people ever again. I just want to hang out with dogs the rest of my goddamn life. I want to farm and dogs and I'll pet them and I'll just, and I'll just they won't even, they won't even have to have bowls. I'll just pour, I'll just have like a room filled with food. I'll just open it and they can die. You know what? You ever see like a ball pit at a fucking Chuck E. Cheese? I'll just fill it with dog food and they can just jump in and swim around and eat all they want and make smiley faces at me and then I'll just hug them. It'll be awesome. God damn, I want dogs. Uh, and as I say that right now, I've got Mook right now. Look at that. Right at my fucking, right at my knee. God damn, I need a fire and a goddamn thick book and a pipe. This is fucking perfect. I feel like a goddamn weird hunter who's just come in after a long day, traipsing about with his, his hounds. Um, so they go, there's four minutes into the fight and it looks like Covington might pull it out. And, uh, but he's bleeding and he's fucking staggering. And then Usman hits him with a fucking power shot. And uh, I should also tell you this. Uh, I've lost an hour in the air. So this card lasted four hours because there were three title fights. It was fucking, and we watched, not only that, we watched the prelims. So we were watching six and a half hours of fights. And, uh, and Mary had gone to a Christmas party to say hi to some friends. And then she came back in the middle of it. And Mary is not, uh, ignorant to the UFC. She actually likes Amanda Nunes and wanted to see her fight. And, uh, Mary's a sports fan. So she knew what was going on, but then she also had to turn in before the main event. So she went to bed before the Covington Usman fight started and, uh, Chet left. So it was just me and boom and Bob and Justin. And, uh, and when Usman hit him with that shot in the fourth round, uh, again, it's, it's almost, you know, the card started here at, uh, at eight o'clock. So we're, we're almost on midnight. We're coming up on midnight and, and <laughs> there's tension in the house because we don't want Covington to win. None of us do. And we can't even bear the thought of it. And then with one minute left in the fight, Usman drills him in the face and knocks him down a fucking straight, right. That blasts him right in his fucking white, white, whiter than fucking white face. And he hits the fucking ground. And I, I don't know if anybody else yelled because all I heard was me. And I just go, yeah. And I screamed and Covington hit the ground and we're going, go, go. And fucking Usman tries to get him and he's fucking blasting him on the ground. And then Covington gets up, he chases him and, and the fucking announcers are going crazy. Even though they were trying to sell me a fucking bill of goods that like Covington's a good guy. They're, they're going fucking nuts. They're yelling. About, and then Usman blasts him again and knocks him right on his ass again. He fucking goes down and this time he fucking turtles and Usman jumps on him and just starts firing punches. He's hitting him in the back of the head because fucking uh, Colby does this thing called earmuffs where you just cover your head with both hands and he's face down on the mat with his hands fucking around his head and he's trying to just turtle up and Usman is blasting him and we're screaming yeah fuck yeah go go and fucking finally Usman just blasts him and the ref jumps in and stops the fight and and I'm just like yeah it was this fucking ridiculous cathartic I I shouldn't care I should not care this much but it felt like such a ridiculous victory for everything like all of a sudden you were that that moment where you hear birds and the sun comes out like oh Oh, the bad guy doesn't always fucking win. Oh, there's always, and I'm not even, look, you're talking to a guy, I don't give a fuck if the Lone Ranger dies at the hands of four Indians. I don't give a shit about the good guy ever escaping. If Batman slipped and broke his back in the alley and then he got raped by four gun-wielding mugs, I'd be disappointed, certainly, but it wouldn't be like ruining my life or anything. It would kind of maybe prove that, you know what, maybe the fascist billionaire could go ahead and miss a step and, and lose for once. The fascist billionaire can take an L. And sure enough, fucking Coburn takes the L and it made me go, maybe, and I shouldn't even put this much meaning into it, but it just, in that moment, it just felt like, yes, the, the bad guys don't always fucking win, man. They don't always fucking win. 
And, uh, and of course, you know, Usman gets up and jumps on top of the cage to play to the fans. The fans are going crazy. Covington stands up with his hands out. Like, why are you stopping the fight? And he makes a disgusted face. And I knew he would. I knew he fucking would. He looks at the ref. The ref is just like, man, you were out of it. And, uh, and the fucking bedlam in the ring, they're cutting their, their gloves off. Covington's making this disgusted, sarcastic face. He wouldn't even, you know, of course they're not going to hug each other because Usman wants nothing to fucking do with this guy either because he talks shit about his family and, and, uh, and he, he just he knocked him the fuck out and saved everybody saved everybody that's what he did he saved mma from this fucking tool bag and i'll tell you what mma is full of maga guys it's full of fucking trump guys but not all of them were using it in this craven cynical fucking way to try to make as much money as they fucking possibly could whether they believed it or not so to see him fucking laying there getting blasted spitting blood and then fucking standing up with a gash on his face he's you got to find the photo of him because he looks fucking awful he, he looks like he was in a car accident and the other guy was in the car like fucking Kobe was maybe like on all fours looking for a contact lens and a fucking Chevy Caprice classic blasted him in the fucking face. And, uh, they go, the refs, you know, the, traditionally the fighters go into the middle of the ring and they each get their hand held by the ref. He wouldn't even give the ref his hand. He wouldn't even look at Usman. And, uh, they announced Usman as the winner. And dude, while they were announcing Usman as the winner, Colby Covington, who has spent months, no, no, no fucking years talking shit talking shit about Robbie Lawler, about Matt fucking Hughes, legends in the fucking sport, talking shit about Rafael Dos Anjos, talking shit about the nation of Brazil, talking shit about Kamaro Usman, the nation of Nigeria, talking shit about his family and his camp, talking shit about dead people and living people, and fucking playing the role of a guy who thinks he's going to be the fucking greatest thing ever seen on this earth, when in reality, then cravenly telling you, oh no, it's just a character, fuck you, man, that motherfucker who has talked and talked and talked and fucking talked ran away he fucking ran away and i'm not even joking like he didn't like just like i didn't he didn't leave he literally turned around before they announced usman as the fucking winner and he sprinted to the locker room and and it couldn't have been any better of a finish like i I cannot think uh, you know because i was saying to even justin i'm like i don't even know what i would i don't know how this just can't be a split decision that's all i ask just please let it end in something fucking definitive. I didn't want it to be Covington, certainly, but I just wanted it to be definitive so we didn't have to hear any more bullshit, even though I knew we'd have to hear more bullshit because that's all anybody does now is craft fucking bullshit. Hi, I craft bullshit as well. (laughs) But this motherfucker, he ran away. And is there any more poetic justice than a fucking bully, a guy who's been a bully for three fucking years? And it literally plays like a 70s sitcom. It's, It's Peter Brady punching Buddy Hinton in the mouth and knocking his tooth out. It's, it's every bully who was ever confronted and then fucking knocked down and, and then running away to the jeers of the crowd as they, they throw beer. You know what it reminded me of? This will sound so fucking dumb. There's a movie called Tommy. The Who made a movie called Tommy, and it was a movie where it was, uh, isn't it weird that that bothered me? It's strange. Um, there's a movie called Tommy that The Who did. It was, they, they did the play. Certainly they did the concept album, the play, whatever. But then they made the movie, and Roger Daltrey starred in it, and The Who is in it, and all these bands are doing all sorts of different songs uh, from the soundtrack of Tommy. Tina Turner's The Acid Queen, and Margaret and, uh, and Oliver Reed are the parents of Tommy. See me, feel me, hear me, touch me, you know the story. Uh, well, Elton John is the pinball wizard in it. And he sings the song Pinball Wizard, and they have a scene where he goes against Tommy, and he's singing. So it's a musical. He's singing the you know the lines of the song. Uh, he can't beat me now. I've always been the champ. Uh, I know every trick. No freaks gonna beat my hand, my hand. And then he's 
it, they're playing against one another and the pinball wizard is losing and the fans are cheering. They're going crazy for the pinball wizard. They're going crazy for the pinball wizard. And then when he loses, he's on these giant shoes on like stilts and he's tapping his foot and he's like, he, you know, he can't hear no distractions, can't hear no buzzers and bells. And, uh, and he loses the match. And as he loses, he goes that uh, they're to him, to him. And he falls off of his stilts. He's been held up by the crowd. They love him. They cheer him. They're going crazy for him. And he's on the stilts. And then Tommy beats him and he falls into the crowd. And there's a scene of the crowd. They're carrying just the shoes. All you see is the shoes they're carrying out. You don't even see Elton John anymore. And the fans are all booing, boo with their thumbs down as the fucking symbol of the pinball wizard is carried out of the fucking building. And that, that was the image I had last night as he ran for cover from everything that he had built as it caved in around him. And he wouldn't even fucking face it. He didn't even have the balls. Because I'll tell you what. If you say you're playing a character, if you say, oh, no, this is just for money. This is me just trying to get viewers. Well, then when you get shown up, when you show ass, when you're fucking knocked off your perch, then you stand there like a man and you try to shake his hand and you eat everything that you fucking served, man. You fucking have you've you've brought this upon yourself. So if you are truly playing a character and you don't believe the things you've said, then you stand there and you face it. You give a you give a fucking interview to Rogan and you don't have to fucking stop being that character, but you can say, hey, man, whatever the fuck you want to say. But you stand there and you fucking face it. You don't run away like a fucking pussy to the goddamn fucking locker room. And he did. He sprinted away. And I can't think of a better ending. There is no better ending for this. To have a guy who talked incessantly for two fucking years have his jaw broken and then have him get knocked out in the fifth round and have to run away. It was... It was glorious. And and as I said, man, it, it, it gave you, even if for a fleeting second, the hope that that these cynical cocksuckers will not win. And I'm not, I don't mean to extrapolate this MMA fight into what's going on in the world today. Um, certainly not politically, but I'm just saying in general, in in public, in in your dealings with everybody or anybody that you see or stuff online or incivility and people being mean to one another or rude to one another or thinking they have to be a fucking asshole to get ahead. I, I, I can't abide by that anymore. I want to just fucking hide from the world half the time because everybody thinks that they're doing the right thing by being a fuckhead to everyone. Today, football, people are yelling about football back and forth on Twitter. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Baseball, it's just nobody nobody has a measured opinion anymore. Nobody says, oh, good for you. Nobody ever reaches out, it seems. I mean, I know there's plenty of good people out there and there's a lot of good things, but but you can get overwhelmed. We're, we're swimming in shit all the fucking time. I've said it, this world's a fucking wood chipper. And it seems like really terrible people always get ahead. And the, and the wrong people are dying all the fucking time, man. Like I was talking to Justin last night. We're talking about fucking uh, Sheldon Adelson. We're like, how the fuck is that guy alive? How is he even, he must have water lungs or something. Like, what the fuck is he breathing? How does he get enough oxygen? That fucking dude is just a mess. He's, just, he's like Pizza the Hut, like from that movie. You're just, just a horrible guy. And he just exists. And, and this evil exists. And you, and you get exhausted by it. And to see even one tiny shred, even, even if it was just evil behind a mask, to see it thwarted for one fucking night and also in the most poetic touch by a guy who's an immigrant from another country and whose family has fought hard to become assimilated and be good citizens of the place they want to spend the rest of their life and to see that fucking loudmouth have to eat it and run away like a fucking bitch worth every fucking second. You guys can get me at Mike at Mike Schmidt You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. 
You can, uh, you can get me at Twitter or follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. This is always the weird part with people here. Cause now it's like just weird plugs and they're like, we want to go to bed. And I'm like, please go. I don't want to make you prisoners. Um, so I'm at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. I'm at Instagram and Snapchat at Mike four zero Y O B. Can you believe it? Yes, I am. Instagram and Snapchat. I actually put up a Snapchat story this week. I heard nothing from anybody. So it disappeared into the ether. <laughs> I'm a sneak attack guy on fucking Snapchat. Uh, but I'm at Instagram, as I mentioned, and Snapchat, Mike four zero Y O B. Go ahead and find me at all those places. Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for this show. He's the coolest. You can go ahead and find him at Facebook, facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Uh, reach out to him, have him be your friend, have him be your pal and tell him he's great and thank him for doing the web stuff. Tell him, by the way, that I owe him an email. I say it every week on the goddamn show. I'm sure he hears it all the time and yet uh, he's waiting patiently by his electronic mailbox and it never shows up. Eventually, sir, you know why? Because I've got a list and you're on it. I've got plans. Uh, and our good friend, David Hernandez, of course, is uh, he does all of the, uh, you know, before I even do this, um, let's mention Justin and Mary who were nice enough to host this week's show. I, I you guys, uh, and, and, you know, this is something that I can do at your place and I'll, I'll certainly spend the first half hour bitching about you making me do a fucking show. Uh, but I, I, I want to, you know, Justin has, has come to Los Angeles board and he's been very nice and he's asked me to Uber him. Uh, and then he's, he's taken me to dinner and paid for dinner and then, and then just been, he's gone over and above his, his support of the show. And it's not something he ever had to do. And I appreciate it very much. I please, I hope you know that Justin, I say it on the air and I say it with you sitting here. All right. I know you know that. And Mary, uh, you're fantastic to let me, uh, come into your house and I appreciate it very much. And, and you listen, which is, uh, certainly more than a reward that I, that I deserve. Um, but then you, you have me here and you're kind and you're gracious and, and both have been, it's, you know, I've been doing this 12 years and I was just, uh, you know, comedy film nerds, my, my friends at comedy film nerds did their last show and they've been doing theirs for 10 and people, people are going, man, I can't believe you did a fucking decade of shows. Think about that. That's amazing. And they did their live show. And on the fucking marquee, it said, we gave you a decade of this almost like a threat. You know what I mean? Like we gave you fuckers a decade of this goddamn show. And, uh, and I laughed cause I was like, oh man, they've done that for 10 years, a decade of that show. How quaint. <laughs> Cause I've done 12 years of this fucking show and, uh, and I've, and be, you know why? Because of people like Justin and people like Mary who are, are gracious enough to, um, support the show, uh, not only support it by, uh, being kind with letting me stay at their house or coming to visit me or buying me dinners or, or granting me gifts, whatever the fuck. But, um, but by listening and laughing and caring, that's, that's the most important fucking thing of all is if you care about this, it'll probably still exist. And, uh, you know, I, I have to tell myself that every week now when I do it, you got to care about this, man. It's your job. It's your life. It's, and it's not just me. You know, I get people writing me who've been listening for 10 years or eight years or whatever. And, and, and can't people will say, I can't believe you're still doing this. Some guy just, uh, he wrote me and he's like, Hey man, I haven't listened for four years. I thought you'd be a big star by now. I'm like, Nope, <laughs> not yet, but I'm glad that you took a four year hiatus and came back to check. Cause that means I left a fucking impression on you. God damn it. <laughs> You fucking buzzed back in after four years. Hey, I wonder what Mike Schmidt's doing these days. Still this and still doing it fucking well. Uh, thankfully, because of Justin and Mary and all of you out there. So thank you all very much. Uh, David Hernandez does all of the artwork for this show. Certainly, he's the best. Uh, all the music as well. All of the Christmas fun stuff that you're hearing on these episodes in December is, uh, are, are all out of his brain uh, and my brain, some of them. Um, but he is, he is the king of doing all the cool stuff. You can find him at facebook.com slash David Hernandez. 
and uh, reach out to him and be a friend there. And then go look at his photos and see all of the artwork he's done. And also, if you want to join the Westside 86 Jokers fan club, you can do that because he has done all the artwork for that page. You'll see amazing, unbelievable paint jobs of the Joker and, and things like that. And also, let me tell you this. If you don't, if you don't care for the Joker on the Westside 86 Jokers page and you don't care for the artwork he did for this show, he's got a, he's got a Facebook page, a group, a closed group. Shh, closed. <laughs> It's uh, it's called This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. And uh, and he's got all of his characters. He's got uh, McGrumpus, who's there, who's absolutely fantastic. He's got uh, Hot Tits Terry, I think was her name. I think if I remember correctly, she's wearing bikinis and see-through clothes all the time. Uh, he's got a, 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 a Russian nesting doll of Christopher Hitchens who will impose uh, all sorts of different advice as you take it apart. That's there, and it's fucking great. Uh, all of these characters live and breathe on his page. There's some guy who uh, who only has teeth, and, and uh, it looks like, I think it's, uh, it's Ground Beef Greg if I remember correctly. He's got meat and bandages and, and weird teeth. They're all there. You can gotta, if you want to join this group, first you have to be his friend at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez, and then he will uh, take you in, uh, to his bosom, and then you see his artwork, and then you send him a request to join the page. He'll send you three questions that are not difficult questions to answer, so don't try to be funny, but enjoy them and answer them, and then he will have you go ahead and be a part of the group, and then you can go ahead and write memes and talk about everything that sucks because that's what the group is man this is dumb that's dumb you're dumb i'm dumb it's pointing out everything that's dumb and everything that's wrong with it and he's got it all under one roof there on facebook go ahead and reach out to our buddy at facebook.com slash david mex hernandez or if you want to do custom artwork for you again the holidays are right here they're coming man well they're up there upon us we're in the midst of the holiday season he can do all sorts of cool stuff for you go ahead and check out the artwork like i mentioned there at the facebook pages and see the stuff he does there uh he can do oil paintings he can do watercolor stuff he can do all sorts of stuff that you would need as a matter of fact there is a painting of his hanging on the wall here at justin and mary's house perhaps i'll take a photo of it and i'll put it on the joker's page so you can see exactly what it looks like um and i'm going to give you a hint uh we had you know justin and mary here we've had some other guest stars on this week's show guess what the painting is of uh, I'll, 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 he'll be able to see it uh, soon when I put it on the page. Um, but he's got that uh, going on. You go ahead and hire him to do whatever the fuck you want. Any sort of Christmas gifts, he'll do your Facebook caricatures. The man is for hire, and you got to contact him at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. Also, you can check out his website if you're looking to see any of the corporate stuff that he had done in the past, uh, which is, I, I just like to say this because then the cadence of it is a perfect end for me for on the way to go out and get to my plugs. So I'll tell you, you should go to David uh, David's website at artbydmh.com. Visit his, again, his Facebook page. Be his friend. Go to This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, Your dumb, I'm dumb, but you should also go to visit his website, artbydmh.com. Just in time for this season, Sluggy Records is proud to bring you a very 80s Christmas. For the first time in this TV offer, you'll get holiday classics performed by all your favorite stars of the 80s. You'll get your tight hits from Thomas Dolby, Aha, Wham, Mr. Mister, You Too, and this ode to Santa by Gary Newman. His name is Claus, and he makes all the toys, then he brings them to all the good girls and boys. He's Claus. We can dance if we want to with a man made out of snow With a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of gold So we can dance, we can dance, everybody take a chance We can dance, we can dance with a snowman with no pants It's a frosty dance, it's a frosty dance He ain't got no pants well, it's Christmas Eve, all right, and Santa will be gone all night. So now my work is done, and I can have some fun, and I'll be dancing with an elf. Oh, 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 dancing with an elf. Oh, 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 dancing with an elf. Well, she's piling beers, and she's got pointy ears, and I'll be dancing with an elf. Oh, oh. 
If that's special someone on your gift list, so wears parachute pants and a mullet haircut. They'll love this collection of holiday music like this Christmas classic from NXS. So slide down the chimney and give me a present and drink all the milk and eat the cookies too. And eat the cookies too. Santa, you're my guy. Two CDs for $19.99 or 33 8-track cassettes for only $63.50. Call 1-800-867-5309. Ask for Jenny. Call right now. Call today. That's 1-800-867-5309. A very 80s Christmas. Order now. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and motherfucking girls. I'm glad you're still here. We are now in California. We've taken off. We took a plane. We came home. Uh, because I, you know what? Here's the thing. I And they're lovely people, and, and Justin and Mary are terrific. But I, I did say to them, I go, look, I, uh, and it's more me than them. They would have happily listened to the plugs and watched me uh, yell out about a bunch of different things. But they were gracious enough to go, hey, it's okay if you want to do the plugs somewhere else. That's actually a lie. I said, hey, I'm just going to do the plugs at home. And they said, okay. It's not like they came to me and said, you know, if you want to do the plugs in California, you can. This was solely my idea. And they just kind of agreed. But I also, I kept them up late. They're, they're real people, man. They go to bed at fucking nine o'clock at night. And then get up in the morning and work. And they're just humans. You know, when I meet when I meet humans, I'm always astonished at the way they conduct their business because <laughs> I'm just I'm up till three thirty in the fucking morning doing nonsense. Then all of a sudden it's six and then I got to take somebody to the airport at seven. And oh, what a what a coin flip my life is, folks. Uh, but this is a bi-coastal, well, not bi-coastal, I guess bi-cityal show. This, this is a, this city is bi. This is a bi-city show. It means two cities are spit-roasting me right the fuck now. Uh, why do I get fucked in this? Why do I have a cock in my mouth and my ass? Why did I have to make it that way? Why am I not spit-roasting two cities? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I just, oh, you know what I got? I got two cities, two cities on top of one another in a 69 while I'm banging the one on top. Oh, you know, when I was a kid, here's the thing. That was always my... Like my home run sexual fantasy that I would jerk off to was always two girls in a 69 and then me banging the girl on top while the and the other girl, of course, was very happy to see my balls so close to her face. I don't know, man, but that was when I got a fistful of me that was leading me on. That was ready for me. to. That's all I needed to go, baby. Uh when I was a kid, I don't even know. And, you know, because you know, the lesbian thing was a fetish thing when you were a kid always, you know, ooh, two girls, ooh. Whenever you would see it happen, you'd be like, whoa, I can't, oh, look at those girls, man, going at it. And uh, what if I was involved? When in reality, I got enough trouble with one chick, really. I I, don't, I can't bring a second chick into the goddamn equation. I'm going to be fucked. Because you know why? Because they're going to queer off and go 69 straight. And then I'm going to be like, all right, I'm gonna t- somebody tag me in. And they're going to be like, we got this. We got it covered. And then here's me over on a fucking ottoman just fucking stroking it and going, all right, well, this isn't bad. But the only good thing is if they're on the bed, I'm on the ottoman. I could probably still hit them from there. 
<laughs> and that's fine. Even if I land, even if I land one rope in the goddamn equation, I, I can say I was in a three-way, right? If I sat in the room while they fucking went off and just fucking made each other, uh, you know, I don't want to see. Look, I don't want to seem crass. <laughs> a little, a little late for that. You think? All right, probably. Uh, all right, so I'm in. I'm here in California. And it never rains in Southern California, although it's been raining here recently. It's a little chi- uh, chilly. It's a little nippy. Hoodie weather certainly is upon us. And I want to tell you about some, uh, well, I got some plugs for you, folks. You like plugs, don't you? Don't you like plugs? And I'm not talking about those uh, diamond-bottomed anal plugs that ladies will wear out in porn videos and then show them in the mall. I'm not talking about those. I'm just talking about plugs about people who step up and go, hey, Mike, we want to support this goddamn show. And you know what I say? Well, the more the fucking merrier. That's what I say, goddammit. You want to support this show? Get in fucking line. There's a million people who want to support this show. Yet at this point, 999,998 of them have yet to call me to express a way to, to go ahead and support this show sponsor-wise. Um, but there are two people who have stepped up, and I tell you about them every week. One of them, as you know, is our good friend Fearful Jesuit. He is the uh, host of the Paranoid Strain podcast, which is available in the iTunes store right now. Go ahead and download it. I'll wait. Well, actually, I, know I won't wait. I don't have the time because this week's episode, what the fuck? Holy Jesus Christ, three hours and 20 minutes of dense information about, and brace yourselves, I don't know, how do I put this? Um, It's about reality and whether or not reality is real. Is reality a concept? Is Is it a construct of our own minds? Is my green your blue? Is your blue my green? I don't know, man, but it's it's stuff that, that Dana Unicorn and our good friend Fearful Jesuit tear apart in this week's episode. And here's my favorite. This opens up and he's talking and he's like, uh, we've got a, it's a quick tour of ideas over the past couple thousand years. But in the middle of it, he's, he goes, a quick, and then there's a beat and then that's what Jesuit says. And then Dana jumps in and she goes, quick-ish. And he says, tour of ideas over the past couple thousand years. Just the thought that you could do a quick tour of ideas from the past couple thousand years, the arrogance, the, oh, how dare you, the haughty tautiness, I say. Uh, although I could trust Paranoid Strain's uh, own Fearful Jesuit to be the guy to do it, but I'll tell you what, this is not, no, this is not quick. This is not quick at all. Uh, as I said, it's, uh, it has this, it opens up with like a talking reality. You know, you have that talking dead. It's kind of like talking reality show parody, and there's an Einstein in there. And, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you something, I've never heard Einstein speak. Uh, but if he spoke anything like this guy doing Einstein in the actual podcast, then they should have broken his fingers with a nightstick <laughs> because Einstein had the worst voice I've ever heard in my life. Gotten Himmel is all I can say to you. Um, but it is, I, I, you know, this show is full of information. It is chock full of things that I didn't know that I never know. And usually I learn, you know, all the time. I, the assassination one, uh, of course, the, the vaccination one, the QAnon stuff, all of that is is. It's relatable to me because I know a little bit about the topic. I have to be honest with you, man. This particular episode, you guys will get it and you will love it because you are all smarter than me. I, this episode is above my pay grade. I, I, and also this, by the way, a quick tour, quickish of ideas over the past couple thousand years, three hours and 21 minutes. And there were, by the way, there's three hours and nine minutes left in the show when he says we got a quick tour of ideas. Okay. But, uh, but three hours and 21 minutes. This is part one. What the fuck? See, I I always wonder about you guys listening to me for any length of time. Nobody wants to fucking hear me bleat on and on for whatever. And yet I still put out two hour fucking shows every week, which is quite frankly a mistake. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know why I'm monopolizing that much of your time every goddamn week, but you're nice to indulge me and let me do it. Well, um, 
And I'm not even educating you guys. This is this is three hours and 20 minutes. Part one of Is Reality Real is three hours and 20 minutes. And it is it is just, I mean, it is crazy how much information is chock full in here. You get, and also, you know, you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, that sounds uh, daunting. Well, I'll tell you what, it's not daunting at all. It's not for you guys with your supercharged monkey ganglia. You'll be able to parse it yourselves. You'll go ahead and listen to the show and you'll know exactly what's going on. All of you out there with your tiny spectacles and your pipes and your, your graduation mortarboards on top of your fucking heads, you, you'll, you'll get your pointers out and your chalk and your fucking, your chalkboards and you'll will hunting the shit out of this show. You guys will appreciate it. I'm dumb. I can barely figure it out. He's talking about the Mandela effect or the Mandela effect. I think it's the Mandela effect. And I'm just, I'm again, my brain goes, I, I hear Mandela and I think of Nelson Mandela and I think of mandible. And then I think of one, then my little, I'm not joking. This is how my fucking brain works. They're like the Mandela effect. I'm like Mandela, Mandela or mandible mandible's mouth. Mandela was in jail. Hey, what did he eat when he was in jail? Didn't he go on a hunger strike? And I had to Google Mandela hunger strike. I'm that's, that's how my fucking brain works. And then I had to rewind the fucking show. Cause I probably missed like two minutes of, uh, of the Mandela effect or the Mandela effect and every other fucking thing they were talking about. Um, lots of swearing from Dana this episode. I'm, I, I don't know if I'm on board with that. I like Dana. I like to imagine her as a tall Norse goddess, blonde and strapping I you know what I always imagine her wet and I don't mean that in a sexual fashion I just mean uh dripping wet like her hair and stuff like she just got out of a steam room oh that's how I feel about Dana uh it, you know what she got out of the smartest most intellectual book-filled steam room you've ever seen in your goddamn life she busts out a Scottish accent at one point uh they talk about Descartes and Kant and Plato oh my um although they take a swipe at me and I gotta admit I didn't care for that uh, they said podcasting. Now Dana says this at one point. Um, she says podcasting without higher mental functions would be a real pain in the ass, which is not to say some podcasts we've heard aren't making a valiant attempt. Well, fuck you, Dana unicorn coming at me. You want to subtweet me? That's fine. But I promote this goddamn show. I will not have you tear me asunder in front of our, our shared listenership. Uh, at one point he says he's going to re-examine all of history from a mystical woo woo perspective, which I imagine to mean like people, you know, like you always hear people say, oh, he's pitching woo or they're talking woo, which means, uh, mystical, magical garbage, mumbo jumbo, so to speak. Uh, but when he said we'll re-examine all of history from a mystical woo woo perspective, again, here's how my brain works. I, uh, I, I imagined Curly from the three stooges re-examining all of history from a mystical perspective. Look, man, go listen to the fucking show. Don't listen to my dumb stuff. If you, if you want to hear the Outer Limits theme song or a sting, it's actually more of a musical sting from the Outer Limits. And then the theme song from the Twilight Zone gets involved. Uh, I learned the phrase, the reality-based community. And that that's not about reality shows. Uh, that's applying to people who believe in reality, the reality-based community, which seems... So you mean people, basically? That's who the reality-based community are or is? Uh, there is... And again, like I said, it, it's not all medicine there is there are desserts involved as i mentioned the outer limits twilight zone there's a musical youth reference where they're passing the duchy on the left hand side uh so it's it's again it's not just it's not just a spoonful of medicine to, to make the sugar go down or no, the sugar with the medicine or whatever the fuck who knows what the fuck that means uh it does contain the se- the sentence socrates was an amazing dude that's important um socrates i guess didn't believe in writing down his ideas this is another thing they fucking said socrates didn't believe in writing down his ideas because he thought it generated laziness and thinking argument and memory and uh and i i gotta be i i, I like any guy who who uses his own laziness 
uh, as an excuse to say that he's not lazy. That's not bad. Hey, man, why don't you write shit down? Wouldn't that be more effective? No, that, that's just that promotes laziness. Well, isn't it lazy to not write things down? No, I how dare you, Socrates says. And then he throws hemlock in their eye. And then you know how many people he killed with that with that thing when he was talking? He's like, ah, laziness and thinking. And they're like, what about, uh, you know, it's lazy to not write shit down. Ha ha, hemlock attack. And guys are rolling on the fucking ground. Um, I learned about Schopenhauer. Now, what I learned about Schopenhauer is he's not a he's not a uh, conductor. Uh, and I learned that the people who follow Schopenhauer, first of all, I don't even know the fuck follows a philosopher, but good for them. But Schopenhauer has uh, the people who believe in Schopenhauer stuff are Schopenhauerians, Schopenhauer Schopenhauerians, Schopenhauerians. Uh, I learned that from a professor who would not stop talking. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't know. They they turned the microphone over to this professor, and I pictured a Jesuit and Dana tied up in a corner in a closet somewhere as this motherfucker just went off. Uh, but it's fantastic. You have to listen. Again, Socrates is in there. Oh, there's also, they get this. He talks about a fucking, uh, like a professor named George Berkeley. Okay. But the guy's not named George Berkeley. He spells his name George Berkeley, but you pronounce it like Barkley. And then uh, fucking Jesuit is trying to explain it. And he goes, he goes, it's George. Uh, it's it's spelled as Berkeley, which is the uh, university that I, he hopes awkward Jesuit will attend someday. But he pronounces it as Barkley and who is the round mound of rebound. And I'm like, oh, there's something again. Like I said, past the Dutchie. There's a lot of things in there that I understand. I understand the round mound of rebound. Certainly fuck Kant, Descartes and Plato. Oh, my. Uh, but I know who the round mound of rebound was. And then Dana leaps in just at that moment. And she goes, oh, my God, did you just make a sports reference? Uh, which is perfect because again, they don't fucking ever talk sports on there. But again, it was enough to keep me roped in. I'm like, yay, finally. And, uh, and then he says, he goes, yeah. I, and then he kind of like, he kind of shifts away to a point where he's like, yeah, I don't know if I said it right, but I think Barkley is the round. Like he kind of second guesses himself, but then like, he's proud of the fact that he made a sports reference and she even points it out. And in my head, I'm like, cool, man, they made a fucking sports reference. And then he says, well, uh, and then he mentions that Barkley, uh, he, he goes, we're not, we're paying attention to Berkeley or Barkley, the professor, not Barkley in the Miami heat sense. And, uh, oh God, Dana, he was so close. Dana, he was so close to having a proper sports reference because, uh, Barkley certainly was the round mound of rebound. Didn't get near the Miami heat. Uh, he, he is a Philadelphia Sixer and a, and a Phoenix Sun. And uh, off the top of my head, I don't think he was ever a member of the Miami Heat. So I'm and and even if he were, it would not be appropriate to refer to him in the Miami Heat sense. You would have to talk about him as a Sixer or a Sun. Uh, but but that's fine. He tried. Like you know, our, our buddy Fearful Jesuit took a shot at it. You know who would have known that? Awkward Jesuit. She needs to know that kind of knowledge to get into Berkeley, not George Berkeley. Don't get into listen to me. Awkward Jesuit. I hope she gets into University of Cal Berkeley. I hope she does not get into George Berkeley. Uh, unless she's riding George Berkeley through a frozen outpost and has to cut open his stomach to uh, keep her hands warm. Maybe that's what she does. Is, is George? Do you think George Barkley's a tauntaun? Perhaps he is. I don't know. But you got to listen to the show. Paranoid strain. It is the is reality a thing? Is reality a real thing? You'll want to find it out right now. Download it at the uh, iTunes Store. And I got to be honest, man. I don't know if your iTunes works or other people's iTunes works anymore because they fucking, you know, they got that Catalina. They're updating the fucking systems and there's Apple music now. So as far as I know, you can find it in the iTunes store under podcasting or in the Apple podcast, uh, window or Apple, Apple podcast app. I think it is go find the paranoid strain. Fearful Jesuit of the host, Dana Unicorn is uh, doing a ton of heavy lifting in this show. I won't lie to you, and uh, and they're killing it, man. They're talking about reality, and again, completely. I am I. 
I don't pretend to know a lot of what they are talking about. You guys will get it and you will know a lot more than I am. Uh, I will because you're smarter than me, which I get. It is above my, uh, I cannot stress enough, above my pay grade, but I was fascinated as I listened and uh, and it was a thing again. This is who I am. They're talking about all this really deep, intense uh, informationally dense stuff. And, and then they'd say, pass the duchy musical, you know, musical youth reference. And I'd go, Oh, I, I get that. I know what that is. I, I know who Charles, I know who Socrates was. He's in that bill and Ted film. Uh, but you guys will get it. And if you want to, if you want to contact fearful Jesuit to tell him how fucking amazing his work is paranoid strain at gmail.com paranoid strain at gmail.com. Write him a note that tells him that you love us. And, uh, and don't even mention his show. That'd be even funnier. Hey, man, you ever listen to this 40-year-old boy podcast? It's fucking great. Anyway, enjoy yourself. Whatever you do with it for, you know, for, with your life. Um, and leave a review in the iTunes store talking about how great it is. Please tell him he's good. Tell him, And always mention that you heard it from us because that will, uh, that will make me pretend that I'm still a hitter and that he will still be involved in sponsoring and that will make things better. Oh, will it make things better? Good Lord. I can't wait for it to make things better. Please, please make things better. Can somebody make things better? Uh, the Paranoid Strain Podcast available right now in the iTunes store. Check it out, man. Shrek it out, you might say. And our good friend Rob Matsushita, who does yeoman's work supporting this show. Uh, and I will share how he supports this show after the new year. Right? January 1st is, well, I mean, I think, well, the, the next show, Christmas is next Monday. So the, the the next week is the new year week, whatever the fuck. I, you know me, I got a list, I got plans. So uh, I'll be able to show you some of what Rob has been doing uh, when we get closer and that will be exciting and I'm happy about it. Um, but in the meantime, you can get his knife drop podcast. Uh, as I've mentioned many, many times, the, the new the one that's sitting there now is the one I keep plugging to you guys with big, slim, McGroovy and whatever the fuck else. Um, but I, I'm excited to tell you that the knife drop holiday special is actually coming out next week. Um, they talk about the movie Santa Jaws, which I Again, you got me. I didn't know Santa Jaws was a movie. You know what they should really talk about is Socrates Jaws. That would be fine. They have a crossover episode with the guys at Paranoid Strain. Descartes and Kant and Plato and Santa Jaws. Uh, they tell you a story about how a Frank Sinatra big screen flop connects to one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, greatest Christmas movies of all time, I should say. And then uh, and then they get into It's a Wonderful Life, which, come on, man. Don't pretend you don't love It's a Wonderful Life. Don't pretend you're not tying strings around your fingers so you don't give $8,000 to an old guy in a fucking wheelchair. All right? Do not, in a, in a world of Uncle Billy's, don't pretend that you're, uh, you're, you're fucking Potter's manservant. In a world of Uncle Billy's, do not. Please don't pretend that you're fucking uh, Harry Bailey saving people on a transport. You're not that. You, you know who you are? This is, this is not a show for the, for the, the fucking uh, Harry Bailey's, the heroes of the world. This is, a show for the, uh, this is a show for the fucking husbands of the teacher that George yelled at on the phone and they punched Jan, uh, G- George Bailey in the face. That's who we are. We're, we're the Sheldon Leonard's true the door out the window. That's what this show's about. We're the bartenders. We're not the fucking Mr. Martinis. We spray fucking seltzer in Mr. Martini's fucking face. Yeah, that's right. That's what this show's about. That's who we are. We're not, we're not the upper class fucking Harry Bailey's. Uh, we're the fucking Uncle Billy's, man. We, that's who we are. We're the downtrodden. We're the low. We're not even the George Bailey's. That's a good dude with redeeming qualities. Fuck that, man. We're the fucking... Uh, we're, we're, we're like the, oh man, but you know what? I will tell you this evil Dennis is Sam Wainwright. I always tell people that when they try to, when I try to describe who he is in, in my life, he's always been Sam Wainwright. If I called evil Dennis uh, and I have in the past and I'm like, Hey, uh, man, I need you to bail me out, man. And he's like, cool. And he just kind of does it, which is weird. 
Um, but he's a great friend. And so that's, that's what I mean. So he's a Sam Wainwright, but I'm more, I'm an uncle Billy. You're an uncle Billy. He's an uncle Billy. She's an uncle Billy. Uh, don't you want to be an uncle Billy with the rest of us with your supercharged monkey ganglia? Uh, <laughs> so please check out the knife drop podcast available at uh, pod Bay uh, available at, uh, um, where is it? It's at stitcher. It's all over the goddamn place. Just just Google the Knife Drop podcast. It'll fucking come up. You get all these fucking places you can download it from, and uh, and check it. It's on Anchor. Remember when we were on Anchor? When that was a good idea? They reached out to me and they thought they were going to pay me some money, and I thought they were too. And then they paid me money for a month, and they went, "This isn't working for us." And I was like, "Why don't you just keep paying me money? Eventually, I'll build an audience." Yeah, nah, not interested in it. Goodbye. We're going to sign the knife drop. So I got I got left behind. And now I'm promoting Matsushita with the fucking money that he makes from Anchor. God damn it. You see the way things work out for me? Uh, but check out the Knife Drop podcast. The Knife Drop holiday special comes next week. If you want to hear all about Santa Jaws and It's a Wonderful Life, please tune in. And uh, it's on Anchor and it's on Podbay and it's on Stitcher. And just Google it. You'll find it. So, uh, so please check out these podcasts. They're lovely. They're talented. There are people who do good things for our show. And the very fact that they go ahead and support us indicates that we can still keep doing this show. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a big-ass fucking podcasting circle jerk. I won't lie. That's exactly how I'd describe it. Who wants me to do a holiday cameo? Is it you? It could be you. It might be you. It might be your friend. Well, I hope your friend's listening, because otherwise, how's he going to fucking hear about it? Maybe you tell him. Tell your friend to fucking call me, or at least download the Cameo app to his phone and hire me to do some cool-ass Cameo stuff. Uh, I just did one today, as a matter of fact. Get this, motherfuckers. Remember I did one a couple, like a month ago? for a. I might have even told you this last week. Um, I think someone's knocking on my door. That's not good, because it's like fucking 9 o'clock at night. What if somebody tell me to be quiet? How weird would that be? I recorded this show at 3 in the fucking morning before, 4 in the morning. But somebody reaching out at nine o'clock, please keep it down. We're trying to sleep. So Santa shows up. Uh, why would Santa come to my house on fucking uh, Wednesday, the 18th? Is it the 18th? I don't know if it is. It might be. So, so Chris, you know, what's fucking weird, dudes. I said Christmas is in a week and all day today. I've been thinking it was the 18th. And um, but I also thought it was it was fucking Sunday or so I thought it was Sunday and Christmas would be a week from today. So Christmas is not a fucking Sunday, but it's Wednesday. Uh I recorded because I, you know, and it's why. Here's why: because I recorded it on Sunday at Justin and uh, and Mary's house. So probably in my brain, that's why it played a trick on me. And also because I'm fucking old. You know, I'm old and I'm the ghetto boys. Oh man, homie, my mind's playing tricks on me. Me and ghetto boys with trick or treat. And uh, so, what was I talking about? Something good. Cameo. If something tells me I'm about to talk about something good. Go ahead and put it on your phone. The Cameo app. Hire me to send a. Uh, as Cameo is putting it, they're like, oh, it's it's Christmas time. So you want to go ahead and reach out and tell people you do, you'll do you do Christmas greetings. The first they try to sell it where they're like, oh, taunt people when they lose fantasy football. And now their thing is, hey, it's Christmas. People love getting messages on Christmas. So um, I'm going to put that theory to, t- to the test. Do you, want, do you want me to leave a message for your friends on Christmas? Perhaps you do. Like, our, oh, so I was getting to tell you, our friend Kevin, uh, good friend Kevin of the show, hired me to do a fucking uh, uh, a Cameo. What was it? I don't know, months ago for a, a porn chick, a cam girl, you know, who works on, on Twitter and stuff like that. And, um, she's still thriving. She's killing it. She's successful. She's making good money. And so Kevin was like, Hey man, let's do a Christmas, uh, greeting for her. And I mean, I'm happy to do it. 
and that's cool that Kevin has me doing it. I just, I just wonder what this poor girl is thinking as, because I, I even said on the fucking, the message I sent her today, I'm like, I'm just like your internet dad. Like now I'm your internet chum. Cause everybody else I'm sure is writing her notes and they're like, Hey, can we see your goddamn uterus? That'd be great. Oh, dude, can I, can I ask you a favor? Can I just take a nap on your thigh? Is there, is there a way I can do that? Just a, just a areola peak. You know, that's the kind of people she's dealing with. And then she's got me telling her, to, <laughs> telling her to make sure she gets regular oil changes so her new car runs smoothly. I'm like, what is that? Um, but that's where it went because I wanted to make sure that she knew that she was cared for by her internet dad, her internet chum, uh, her good friend Mike, and uh, and Kevin, of course, who's her angel, and he reaches out to me, thankfully, to hire me to do a cool thing. And like, again, I don't care. I get 15 fucking dollars to talk to a hot chick. That's not a bad fucking deal. You fucking reach out to me and go, hey, would you do me a favor? Would you tell this porn star that we like her? Um, we'll pay you $15. Fuck yes, I will. And that's what I did. I told uh, Lana, or Lana, I, I don't know if they haven't corrected me yet in the, in the pronunciation, so I fuck it up the whole time. Um, but luckily, we were able to tell Lana that she should keep her car running, and that was not a euphemism or a metaphor for her job. Um, but I was happy to do it. So the point is, I'll be happy to do it for you. Do you know any porn stars you want me to send a fucking message to? Or your cousins? Or your son? Uh, let me tell your son to do well in school. Let me tell your daughter to, uh, to that she can be anything, man. She can be fucking president. She can be a goddamn math professor if she wants to be. Whatever the fuck. Let me give some inspiring talk to these people. Or if you got a neighbor who just won't stop drinking beer, like my friend Tanya in Canada, maybe she buys a cameo so I can tell her fucking beer drinking neighbor. Hey buddy, slow the fuck down. Cause you know what? It's really hard for me to get out of my front door when I got to squeeze past your liver. That's still over hanging here from fucking Kelowna or whatever their cam loops where the fuck you live. Um, it's a big liver folks. This guy's chugging fucking bruise. Um, but anyway, whatever the do you, whatever you want me to do, I'll fucking tell him you love him. I'll tell him you hate him. I, I was, I'll tell you this fucking Mark McGrath, the sugar Ray idiot. He fucking went on and he, <laughs> wait a minute. Why is he the Sugar Ray idiot? That made, me, that made me laugh. I know you don't think it's funny, but I, why am I? Why is he the Sugar Ray? He's a good guy. I'm sure he's lovely. But I'm like, yeah, you, know, you ever see the fucking Sugar Ray idiot? No, he's not an idiot. I just today, I knew the story went viral, but I never saw the clip that he broke up with somebody over cameo for somebody. All right, which is fine. I'll do that for you too. Whatever the fuck you want me to do. Now, I don't, I don't, I certainly don't have the heft of a Sugar Ray. Um, but I'll do the best I can. I don't have, I don't have Mark McGrath's fucking wizardry music jeopardy fucking knowledge in my back pocket. Although I'd like to go head to head with him on that. Oh, he'd probably fucking smoke me. But, um, I finally saw the clip today because, uh, somebody shared it somewhere. I, it was, I think somebody put it on the Joker's page, but I didn't watch it. I knew it went viral, but I knew of it. But then motherfucker, I watched it today and, uh, what what is Sugar Ray? What has Mark McGrath done to himself? He's another one of these people who's smoothed his face out and said he's he just you know what it looks it doesn't even look like he doesn't even look like a guy anymore. This is what he looks like to me. If uh if Clive Barker wrote a story and and he implicated that there was a demon that was rising out of melted ice cream, that's what Mark McGrath looks like to me. Just this incredibly smooth face. Almost like, you ever see when Freddy Krueger bursts through the wall, but he doesn't burst through, it's like a rubber wall and his head stretches out. Now he's still got the burn marks and shit because he's Freddy, but it's still like totally smooth. Like uh, uh, um, when anybody puts a stocking on to rob a bank and they say, oh, their features are all fucking smooth. Well, that's what Mark McGrath looks like. He's just, he looks like he's constantly getting ready to rob a bank. That's the smoothest motherfucker I've ever seen. And I don't mean like fucking smooth as in get in your pants. I mean smooth as in like you could skip a fucking stone off of his face three times like the surface of a lake what the fuck mcgrath god damn um 
I was shocked by it. I mean, because he's got to be, I know he's younger than me, certainly. Uh, oh, I, I get this. I was flying home from Phoenix and I sat next to a lovely 76 year old woman who actually in my brain, I was like, would I bang this chick? Probably not. Uh, and then when we got, that was, a, that was plain talking, right? In the dark. Uh, but then when we got out. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't rail this chick. Of course not. I probably shouldn't do this because I told her what I do for a living. All right. never mind. I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't want to say her name. Uh, maybe she thinks I'm talking, you know what? Maybe she'll think I'm talking about a different chick on the plane. Yeah. Good. for <laughs> That's fine. Um, so I, uh, she guessed that I was 35 when she guessed my age, um, because she was like, well, you're a young man. You're, you're, uh, you're, th- you're probably 35. And I said, I'm going to shock you. And then I told her what my age was because it's the age of one of her children. I'm giving a lot of clues here. So she's going to know it's her. Um, but she was lovely. You know, and I, I helped her out of the car. I mean, or out of the plane, you know what I mean? And she, cause this is only her second time flying. Oh, what, how gorgeous is that? She's 75 years old. It's her second time on a plane. And it's just, the, it's the flight home. She lives here. So, uh, I stayed with her. We got off the plane in Burbank and I walked in through the lobby and she had checked a bag. Oh, you know why? Cause she knew that with her, her, her granny arms, she couldn't lift it and put it in the overhead on the first flight. She had kept it, but then she had to get help from people to put it in the overhead and she didn't want to do that again. So she was willing to wait at the carousel rather than inconvenience anybody by asking them to help her. Oh, bless your heart. How fucking beautiful is that? And I was like, oh, I wish you would have had it. I would have totally helped you with it and put it in the overhead. Uh, and then we, she, you know, she's then she's vibing me. She's like, all right, my husband's dead. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Um, so I follow her out to the baggage carousel and I waited for her bag to come out. And then I took it off because it was a very heavy bag. And I had a reminder to call her son when we landed. I was like, you should probably tell your son you've landed. Oh, you're right. Uh, and then I walked her out to the curb and I waited until her son arrived in his pickup truck. And uh, he looked askance at me. To, oh, and I bought her a wine. Get this, man. I got. I have drink tickets on Southwest or whatever the fuck. So I asked her. I go, hey, I go. Do you want? Uh, would you want a drink, like a beer or a wine? I said, I actually have a drink ticket if you want it. And um, she she took me up on it. And usually people don't. I, actually, I, I had one young couple take me up on it because I gave them two. But she was like, yeah, that would be nice. And then I got her a wine. And then she. And then of course the stories come out. I never drink. I certainly never drink alone. I don't drink wine. I don't. Yeah, I don't care. If just fucking chug it. I don't give a shit. You don't need. Nobody needs to give me a fucking story. That's like if, if somebody offered me a giant bowl of pasta and I said yes. And then I'm twirling that like literally a pitchfork full of fucking fettuccine Alfredo. I'm like, I don't normally eat this stuff. Chomp. Unhinge my jaw like a fucking monster. Um, yeah, I don't, nobody needs a fucking excuse. Teehee, I don't really drink wine at 35,000 feet. I usually wait till I'm in ground level. Shut up. Drink, chug your wine, granny. Um, <laughs> I hope to God she doesn't listen to this. You're, again, you were lovely. You know I'm teasing. Because she thought I was nice. She's like, oh my God, you're such a nice young man. I'm like, oh, of course I am. Because we're on a plane and we're stuck in a fucking death tube. I can't show the real me. Because the whole fucking passengers will try to fucking rally and toss me out the goddamn door. Although in a close space like that, I think I can take everybody on. I'm not going to lie to you. You're not going to be able to fucking grab me and drag me out. Because I'm just going to fucking start pummeling people, man. In that fucking small space. Because I fill the whole fucking hall. Or that hallway, whatever the fuck. Iowa jetway whatever the fuck and i'll just fucking start throwing bows man you can't fucking get near me it'll be fists and bows and goddamn feet of fury you can't throw me out of a god you, you want to take a you want to try it you want to fucking let's roll me motherfuckers bring it all i gotta do is fight my way past the granny and the other fucking chubby guy who is next to her and then i just put my back against the fucking cabin oh no that no the pilots could come out then and fucking shoot me they probably got guns i gotta go all the way to the back and i can put my back against the drink cart and then i'm ready to fu- oh maybe i put a drink cart in front of me that's what i do i steamroll the fuck out of everybody and I, I tell you what i'd rather have a drink cart in front of me than have to have a frontal lobotomy i don't think there's any question about that i fucking fend them off at the drink cart i throw fucking canada dry at them lob some fucking ice cubes dude i could totally take a plane full of people in a fucking brawl 
until they land it anyway. And then we get outside, forget it. Then the air police fucking show up and I'm, the pilots have guns, right? Are they armed? I used to do a joke about that when they're <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't remember it. I can't even pretend that I won't do it. I wish I could remember it. Uh, Cause they were talking about was the, the pilots have guns. Uh, I said, yeah, great. These guys are every time I see a story about these guys, they're fucking half loaded. They can't take off. How many times you read a story where a pilot can't fly because he's drunk. That's beautiful. And I knew, you know, they've actually kind of just adapted it into the airlines of rules now, because when the women give the speech, they just say, hey, by the way, in the event of a water landing, your pilot's liver can be used as a flotation device. <laughs> look at that. Now, look, that wasn't the setup, but that was absolutely the punchline to the joke. I can't remember the setup that got me there. Um, but I would fuck a bunch of people up on a plane. I would just fucking throw hands. Nobody wants any of me. Um, and also, let's be honest, on a plane, nobody's going to fight. That's another thing we've talked about. We've seen it many times before, and people are up and screaming about Muslims or whatever the fuck, and everybody just kind of hides their face. What the fuck's wrong with this guy? Stand up and elbow that fucking guy in the mouth. Just drop that fucking dude. And then just lay across him, because he's not going anywhere. Put up the... I'll tell you what, if somebody ever acts up on the fucking plane, if anybody acts a fool on a plane I'm on, I'll just leap into action. I'll go, you know what, put up the armrests, and I'll fucking headbutt him in the mouth, and then I'll just lay on top of him. And I'll just be like amorphous, just a giant fat guy who pins him to the goddamn fucking things until we can land at Topeka and throw him in fucking Leavenworth. Um, the fuck was I talking about? I don't, I don't remember. Hire me for some shit. Uh, oh, cameo. Oh, you know, so I took this lady out to the curb, the very nice young, uh, a young old lady. And, uh, and sure enough, I got on the phone when I, <laughs> here's the faux pas I made. She had told me about her husband and, uh, and the lovely life that they had together. And then he had passed away about a year ago and it was a, you know, whatever. She's a, a terrific lady. And then outside, uh, the phone rang and it was her son. And, uh, she said, I said, Hey, she goes, Hey, I'm, I'm with a nice young man at the curb. And I said, hi. And I said his dad's name instead of his name. Oh, what a fucking genius I am. Uh, and she goes, Oh no, that's not uh, his name. And I was like, Oh, hi, uh, Jerry. And, and you know, he's probably like, who the fuck is this idiot? And then he pulls up in his pickup truck and I, I, you know, boosted her up in a little seat there and I put her bag in the back and they were very nice and lovely. And then I got my lift and I came home. Uh, so the bottom line of all that folk is it folks, folk, just one of you, uh, hire me for cameo. I think is what I was talking about. Was that what it was? Um, I, I will talk to your family and your friends. I will talk to anybody. I'll be nice to your grandmothers on a plane. Uh, they will think that I'm beautiful and lovely. Oh, I was talking about age. How did I get into age? Was somebody guessing it was the age, the lady and the, uh, I'll, look, I'll just say happy birthday to anybody you know. If you love people, I'll set them free. <laughs> if they love you, they'll come back. If they don't fuck you. Um, but that's all. Cameo's an app. Put it on your phone. Tell your friends about it. Have me tell people that they're great. Uh, have, if you got a favorite porn star, I'll talk to her. Whoever the fuck you got to send this to, just fucking do it. Just get me 15 bucks. That's all I fucking want. You know what? I, I Just tell me to call you. I'll get, we can cut out the middleman. Fucking PayPal me 15 bucks. I'll call you. Uh, wouldn't we try this? I think I still, I do. I, owe like, I think I'm down to like 15 people I owe phone calls to, which is still, I, that's not bad. It's not progress or it's not bad progress, I should say. Uh, Uber and Lyft exist, but you guys never fucking use those. I'll tell you anyway, Uber is the code is DJZW1YTTUE. Lyft is Mike720057. All caps for Lyft, capital M-I-K-E 720057. Uber is all lowercase, perhaps DJZW, the number one, Y-T-T-U-E. If you're first time riders, use either of those codes and I get credit. If you're first time drivers, then I get a fucking bonus if you drive a bunch of stuff, but nobody out there fucking drives and I don't blame you. These companies are ready to fucking go. Uh, uh, They're just, they put out some report. There was like 6,000 sexual assaults in Ubers last year. And I'm just like, oh, well, (laughs) and it still exists. Like that story, it went away in a day. (laughs) 
if you were a company and you were like, by the way, we should probably let you guys know, over the course of the past year, we've had eh, non-zero sexual assaults. And everybody's like, well, what exactly is non-zero? Well, you know, if you're making an omelet, you're going to have to rape a few eggs. I mean, that's just the way it works when you're building a technology company. What are you talking about, please? Well, uh, honestly, uh, we've had some issues with drivers pulling out their cocks or whatever. What does that mean? All right, so 6,000 people got raped in our cars. What the fuck? And then the next day, someone uses an Uber. I used the lift to get home from the airport. Now, look, nobody's raping me, but holy shit. If you were, what if McDonald's told you, hey, we did an, we, we did an audit, we did a, a corporate audit, a thorough audit, and get this, it turns out 6,000 customers have been raped in McDonald's for the past year, not even, not even from the beginning of time, and, and, and look, that's still a high number if it's from the beginning of time, if you're telling me from the second McDonald's opened its doors to this second I'm talking, 6,000 people were raped in McDonald's, and it's still passing out burgers and has ball pits for kids to dive into fuck you shut the doors i can i can make burgers at home i don't need to worry about getting fucking cornholed at the goddamn counter what a mess any business any other business hey target well you know what we've had a, a weird a weird year here at corporate why what's happening well it turns out that we're actually uh our, our revenue has grown we've certainly seemed to be siphoning off customers from walmart and uh, kohl's that's fantastic what's the downside well, it turns out that we've had some issues with customers possibly getting diddled. Uh, I'm sorry. What is that? Is that a technical term? No, we just, uh, you know, we've uh, we've got fitting rooms and some people get in there and they get a glamorous and some, you know, maybe three or four or 10 or 15 red shirt employees get in there and run a train on them. I'm sorry. What's that you're saying? Uh, yeah. Well, does this happen often? Eh, you know, define often. Well, I, I don't know. More than once yeah all right that seems often to me for rapes yeah maybe um well i met more than 10 times well, i mean you could keep going higher but what's the point the point is if you have one it's bad enough correct can we just leave it there give us a number all right maybe six thousand people six fucking thousand people were raped in targets and you're still allowed to sell pants what the fuck man close the doors lock the gates I go to my local Target, they got a witch witch in the lobby. You think I'm going to have a sandwich in a place where 6,000 people got fucking rammed? I think not. But Uber gets away with it. Yeah, you know, there's a, you know, fuck, whatever. You know, you just got to keep the plate spinning somehow. And, <laughs> you know, Saudi Arabian money just keeps rolling the fuck in because we've got literally rolling rape mobiles all over every city in the fucking in, in the country. That's what they are. That's it. Remember, I did a joke about rape vans once like 10 years ago on this show. Uber's perfected it. Another thing I invented that I'm not going to get any fucking credit for, although, quite frankly, I don't know if I want credit for inventing the portable rape van uh, or whatever the fuck or the one you can call and summon up a rape. But Jesus, fuck, are you kidding me? 6,000 rapes and nobody blinked. The next fucking day, everybody's like, what are you going to do? They shrug. This thing's over. This whole thing's falling the fuck apart. Jesus fucking Christ. Nobody cares. 6,000 rapes. Yeah, but I got to get to the store. Oh, okay. Well, then you take your fucking chances. Man, oh, man. And you wonder why people sit in the back seat. Their drivers were like, ah, you know, I drive. I told you people get in the front seat. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here, man? Why would you, why would you want to be even a fucking inch closer to me? You don't know the fuck I am. I don't want you there and I'm willing to do it, I guess, because whatever the fuck, but why would you even want to be an inch closer to a fucking stranger, especially one who's six, two and 340 pounds. And if he wanted to could probably do terrible things, but no, or at least, you know, and you know what I mean by terrible things? Have a conversation. That's the most terrible thing that's ever going to happen to my Uber. If I have, a, if I start a conversation with you, that's the most terrible thing you're ever going to get in my fucking car. 
but you're going to sit in the front seat? That's why I sit in the back. If I could lock myself in the fucking trunk, if they did a fucking thing, if there was an Uber where there was a way I could just fucking strap myself to a gurney with a lector mask on and hide in a fucking Pope mobile that's dragged behind the Uber, I would do it. Don't touch me or come near me. I don't want you looking at me or breathing at me. Jesus, I got in a Martin's car the other day. Lovely man. I'm sure he's terrific. He's got a fucking 2019 Corolla and it's beautiful inside leather interior, but it also, it, it smelled like a King's ball sack. You know what I mean? Where they just spray perfume all over a fucking guy where he doesn't take a bath for fucking two weeks, but instead they cover him in essential oils. Fuck your essential oils. Martin, I love you, but you gotta, you gotta take a Swiffer to the inside of this fucking car. And by a Swiffer, I mean a fucking bug bomb. So it smells like something other than lavender fucking rose. I mean, oh God damn it. My, my olfactory senses were, were fucking completely crippled by this fucking guy. And again, lovely man didn't speak to me the entire way. It took the right route. I didn't have to speak to him, but, but quit putting smells in your car. Like Lily, she can't do it. Cause it like her fucking, literally her skull explodes. If she smells anything, she'll walk around with like filters in her nose, like a super villain. I'm like, what the fuck? But it's because if she breathes the wrong fucking way. She's going to die. But I get into these Ubers all the time and they're like, Hey buddy, how are you? I'm good. At least I was until I dove into a fucking children's waiting pool full of cocoa butter. What the fuck happened in this car? You don't like smell? No, I don't like smell. Throw that crown out the fucking window. Body is good. It's good for you. It's good for sense. It's good for lungs. No, no, it is not. It is not. I'm going to get fucking popcorn lung from dreaming in your fucking Dracar Noir bullshit that's coming through the vents. Don't Dracar me to death. I might have Dracar lung. Fuck popcorn lung. Jesus Christ. I breathe and I breathe out. And it sounds like a gnip gnop. Fuck. All right. Um, so, uh, so go drive for those companies. You know why? Because you can use whatever sense you want. You can rape anybody you want. That's, that's now the selling point for Uber and Lyft. Hey man, use our code. You can rape anybody you want and nobody will care. They'll talk about it at the end of the year. It's just, it's just the cost of doing fucking business. What a fucking mess this country is. Uh, all right. So, Hey, have I mentioned that I've got a mailing list? I sure do. Don't you want to get on that? Uh, sure you do. It's MailChimp and it's going to be starting again. The beginning of the year. I got, I got a list. I got plans fucking January lurks in the distance, but it's getting closer every day. And if you want to be on my MailChimp, uh, list, my mailing, and why wouldn't you after all that bullshit I just said, um, I'm sorry, there's something wrong with my throat. Write me a note uh, at heymikeadme at gmail.com. Heymikeadme at gmail.com. Heymikeadme at gmail.com. And I will throw you on the list. And like I said, there might be a test list going out here. There will be. There's no might. There will be a test list, a test newsletter, I should say, going out. Not a test list. Well, how shitty would that be? What if I sent the list? Everybody gave me their name. I sent the list to everybody. Um, a test newsletter going out before January 1st. But January 1st, not, not January 1st, but in January, there will be one that comes out every week for the episode and yeah, whatever the fuck. And if we got Twitch going on, and we'll, we'll, we'll do all that stuff. Um, so please write me a note at heymikeadme at gmail.com. And... Um, you know, I have a YouTube channel. You can go check that out. And, uh, you know, I actually think I should put that Uber junk on, on YouTube, right? Isn't that funny? That's some funny stuff. Although people want to eat, they, all they want is 11 seconds of Jake Paul eating a ghost pepper. That's all YouTube is now. It's like, hey, here's the Paul brothers eating uh, Carolina, Carolina Reapers. Yay. Ooh, I love Jake. He's cute, especially when his lips wet. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, and I'm trying to do that. That's the thing that drives me crazy. Like I was talking, to, I went to, uh, I'll tell you about this, whatever. I had a dinner yesterday and I'll tell you it on the way out. But, um, I was, I was talking about the food and my buddy's just like, uh, I said, he's like, you should fucking do like a food review show. And I go, that, cause that's the lowest of hanging fruit. And I, I, 
And then my buddy Jack just goes, dude, there are people playing fucking Pong and video games. I go, I know I do it. And he's like, well, then what the fuck are you worried about? Yeah, yeah, I know. So it's on the list. I've got plans. Look at all that stuff that's coming in January. All this fucking mess. So I sit at a desk and tell you about soup. Uh, why am I clicking a pen? Because I am. Uh, YouTube channel, go, in and, go and subscribe. There's plenty of stuff coming in the future. Uh, clips from Twitch stuff. Me yelling about fucking lettuce. It's all there. Uh, so sign up now at, at the YouTube channel. It's Mike. Uh, go look for the 40-Year-Old Boy YouTube channel. Just become a follower of it. That would be great. Costs you nothing, man. All you'll get is a notification every time I put up something new. And and with the way I do it these days, you're probably going to get one notification a year. But nah, not anymore. I got a list. I got plans. Uh, so sign up to be my YouTube pal. Be my YouTube chum. My internet YouTube chum. Please. Please. Uh, hey, did you know what? There's a SoFi thing. I'm going to put it on the Joker's page. I'm just, I'm, look, I'll, I'll thumbnail it here because I'm not going to give you the link because it's a bullshit thing. Who, nobody writes a web link. They just want to click it. But if you got a, if you got a thousand dollars laying around and why wouldn't you? You have a thousand dollars laying around. You can go ahead and invest it at SoFi. Get this. You invest it in an investment account and then you get a free $100 of like stock that you can then after once it's loaded into your account, you can actually just withdraw all the money. You can withdraw the 100 or sell $100 with a stock and then withdraw the 1000 and the 100 and uh, and you got all this money. You got a free $100 and I get a free $100 if you use my link. Um, it would be great if you did that. And then there's also the investment one where it's 25 bucks. And then there's another one if you want a loan, I get 300 bucks. Ah, oh, look at me. Hip deep in so fine nonsense. Don't you want to be a part of this? Don't you want to be rich like me? Don't you want to be a girlfriend? Don't you wish your girlfriend was in SoFi like me? Don't you wish your girlfriend was investing like me? Don't you? <laughs> Don't you wish your girlfriend had a link like me? Don't you wish your girlfriend had a SoFi account? Doot, doot. All right. Hi. Please go ahead and use the link. It'll be on the Paranoid. Uh, no, it won't. It'll be on the 86 Jokers page. What if it was on the Paranoid strain? What if they did a whole show about whether or not SoFi worked? Oh, you, how dare you turn on me? Jesuit! Uh, we have an Amazon link you should use. Oh, I'll tell you about Patreon first. Uh, look, if you want to support this nonsense, if you want to make it where this is all I can do, because this is really all I can do. If you don't want me in the car driving people around, if you want, to, if you don't want me out there amidst the rapists, if you don't want me being known as the good Uber driver who doesn't rape anybody, then you can go ahead and keep me afloat with this by being a Patreon patron. And you know what? You know who just joined this week? I got one new person to join the Patreon this week. Brace your fucking self. This is crazy. You know who just joined my Patreon? Lenny Schmidt. Yeah, that's right. Lenny Schmidt of the Romeoville Schmitz. Um, you know, when this show started, I wasn't talking to that fucking guy. And look at this. Now he's giving me five bucks a month. <laughs> look at look at how far we've come in our relationship. I, 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 you know, 13 years ago, that guy doesn't spit on me if I'm on fire. But now he's, he's coming through. He's palming me and Abe Lincoln every goddamn month to support this goddamn. And look, if he support me, why the fuck aren't you? He's supporting this enterprise. This is a guy who hated me for a long time, and I, quite frankly, wasn't fond of him or his hijinks. I didn't care for his shenanigans. And now look at the two of us. Best friends. Joined at the Abe. Got a fucking $5 real. Joined a sawbuck, if you will. I got a sawbuck for my brother every month. If he's supporting this bullshit, why wouldn't you? Come on, that's blood. I know you're thinking blood in and blood out, which uh, there's a horrible rape scene in a fucking uh, in a, in a kitchen over some flower sacks in that movie. Or it doesn't happen. when they're, He's about to get, he gets his ass grabbed. Oh, it's a bunch. It's terrible. And he puts a guy's finger in his mouth. That's dude. That's creepier than anything else. He, because he pretends like he, he, 
But all right, look, he puts a guy's finger in his mouth to be like, haha, I'm finally going to blow you. And he's like, oh boy, this is great. It's a big hillbilly fucking jag off. And then he takes him in the back where the flower is. And then I think they ventilate the guy. I think like 18 dudes shiv this fuck out of him or somebody kills him. One guy kills him, 18 guys. I don't give a fuck. All I know is if you put a guy's finger in your mouth, you got to kill him at that point. He can't tell that fucking story around the yard. I don't give a fuck where you are. If you're, if you work, if you're at a fucking business, if you're working at fucking uh, Burger King and you put a guy's finger in your mouth, he's going to tell everybody on the fucking line. Hey, did you see what fucking Greg did? No, I didn't. Well, I fucking throated my thumb. Oh, Greg, what the fuck, man? You're on fries now, man. We're bumping you off the burger line. Uh, but that's the thing. Don't ever put a guy's finger in your mouth because you're going to fucking tell everybody. That's the deal. You can't, you'll never live that down. That's worse than a cock, I think. If you put a guy's cock in your mouth, then you could be like, ah, it was a fucking jackass prank. Ha <laughs> ha, hilarious. But if you put a guy's finger in your mouth, that's intimate. Um, <laughs> some of you may argue with, with my stance on that, but I don't, I don't, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm wearing that. I'm going to my grave with that. I'd rather have a cock in my mouth than a thumb because <laughs> I can't. Hold on. I think that's, it that might be the podcasting police coming to arrest me for that take. Um, all right, so we got a YouTube channel. We've got a we got a Patreon thing. Go, so you wouldn't want to support that again. My brother's giving me five bucks a month. Get off the fucking couch, deadbeats. Uh, and then, of course, there's the Amazon link, which you should use. It's just so good. It's available on my uh, what do you call it? It's on my uh, uh, it's at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. That's where it is. On the merchandise page, you go there. There's an Amazon link, and then you're shopping. And look, it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. Uh, do we know, did you look, do you know it's Christmas after all? Well, I'm here to tell you that it is. And if you want to use that link to go ahead and buy stuff, it helps me out immeasurably. Like, I mean, fucking, it keeps this show afloat. The Amazon link and the fucking Patreon are, are the linchpins of my existence at this fucking point. Uh, along with the third thing I'll tell you about in just a second, but, but please man, use the Amazon link. It costs you nothing. Literally all it costs you is the 10 seconds. It takes to find it on my website. You go find Mike hit the merchandise link. You wind up on that page. There's an Amazon link. You click on that. All of a sudden you're at Amazon, you're shopping and I just get credit for the shit that you buy. And how hard is that, man? You're buying shit from Amazon anyway. And don't give me this bullshit. Eh, they fucking make blood diamonds. They kill their drivers. Yeah, so fucking what? I need money. I need to stay afloat, motherfuckers. Do me a favor. I This this entire enterprise is built on the crushed bones of Amazon drivers passing out from 23 hours behind a wheel. All right? And I'll tell you what. Amazon driver, that's safe. They're not raping 6,000 people. I mean, they're losing 6,000 packages, but they, you know, six, you gotta bring, <laughs> six of one, half a dozen of the other, right? Um... So go ahead and use the Amazon link. It helps me out in a great way. And I, I thank you for thinking of me. Um, and then, of course, the Twitch channel. That's what I was going to tell you about. And let's talk about the Twitch channel real quick. And look, nobody's still listening. We're way too deep into this fucking show. But I'll tell you this anyway. December 20th. That's this Friday, which today is Wednesday. So two days from now, you're getting this on Thursday. Uh, there's a, a, a 40-year-old boy Christmas party on Twitch. Now, it's probably too late to send me anything, uh, but you can show up. I'll tell you this, though. I brace yourself for this fucking hard pitch. Uh, if you can get me something here in the next day or two, then you can do that. Write me and I'll give you the P.O. Box address. Or I'll even, I, if it's something really important, I can give you my home address. I've done that for a few people. You know why? Because I have a death wish. I, <laughs> I, I have to fucking, I literally, because in my brain, I'm like, well, nothing's going to happen. And then I open my front door and an arrow hits me in the chest. I, I, that's my own fault. See, don't give Sacagawea this fucking uh, goddamn address. Um, you know why? Because she'll lead Braves here, and then they'll, I'll get Running Bear, who loved Little White Dog, will fucking unload into my goddamn chest. Uh, but if you want to send me something, you can. Or if you want to buy me something on Amazon, and it doesn't matter if it gets here late, although I would like to open it on the air. But here's the thing I will tell you this. Get this. Listen to this naked fucking cash grab. If you come to the party, the party, I like this kind of party. Uh, 
If you come to the party on uh, Friday, 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific time on the Twitch channel, I'll be there. I'll have a hot chocolate. I'll have a Santa hat. It'll be fucking amazing. And, uh, and I'll be there talking to you guys about Christmas. And then I'll be opening gifts and presents and very nice things that people have sent me. And I'll also just be talking a lot of this bullshit that I do now. It's just there'll also be gifts involved. But get this. If you don't, if you don't have time to buy me anything or send me anything, but you'd still like to support me or the show and brace yourselves for this fucking hurricane of garbage, uh, you can actually give me money if you come to the Twitch channel. How's that for the most fucking absurd fist in the face uh, standing on a goddamn freeway out, out fucking, uh, off, I can't even think of the word, off-ramp with a fucking cardboard sign that says, please give the Twitch boy money. Um, you can do that, though. I mean, it's, it's just a thing where you, you give bits and then it's money and it goes to me. Uh, and Or you can PayPal me or whatever the fuck. You know what you can do. You're all very nice. I only say this because people have asked. I didn't make an Amazon wish list. I feel like a stroke. Um, people would have been very nice if they wanted to do something like that. You're cool to think of me. Uh, I'm going Friday to pick up all the stuff from the P.O. Box. I already have like four things here at my house already, which is pretty cool. And you're very nice to think of me. And um, and so, but I, but most of all, I would love to have you attend the, the Christmas party. Uh, it's the Twitch Christmas party at the twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy Twitch channel. Uh, you can subscribe and follow when you get there. And um, and you can send money if you want, or you can just watch me open gifts. Whatever the fuck you want to do, man. Come in and hang out. That'll be perfect. Uh, and I'd love to have you. So it'll be this Friday, December 20th, 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, my time. And uh, and come and watch me, man. I'll be here. I'll be talking. Like I said, there'll be fucking cookies and bullshit. And I'll be opening gifts, anything you guys have sent me. And if you want to support the show, though you haven't been able to send a gift, you can actually arrive there, and you can actually click buttons and send money and think of me that way. And you are very, very cool to do so. I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, what do I got? Everything Mailchimp, Twimp, Twitch, Amazon, Patreon. Yeah, we covered all that shit. Uh, I went to dinner yesterday. I was I was gonna tell you about this. Um, there's a new Chicago pizza place that opened by my house called Gino's East that I've been telling you about this for months because they uh they planned an open in the fucking thing in April, and and that's when I heard about it. And then it was well, let's put it. I heard about it in like fucking December of last year or January, and they were like, ha ha, be ready for the Cubs games. It's like, all right, cool. This is fucking amazing. And so they didn't do much with their Twitter account, but they were on Facebook, and people started to write them and go, when do you open? And they'd be like, soon, man. Pizza's coming soon. And I read about the guys who own the joint. It's a couple of uh, writers from here. But I guess they're originally from Chicago, but they've lived here for a while and they wanted to bring the taste of Chicago to fucking the valley. And, and so I was excited. I'm like, cool, this will be great. But then, you know, the, they, they started to have issues with the opening date. Like it wasn't April and then it wasn't May and then it wasn't July. And, but they kept posting updates. But here's the thing. They would never say anything. They would post these updates. They'd be like, oh, check out this replica Wrigley Field wall. We got hot pizza coming for your tum tum. And I'm like, all right, well, great. When? Ha ha soon. Okay. When is soon pizza? Like all their answers were cryptic. You like pizza, don't you? I do. When will I be able to have some at your place? Oh, it won't be long now, matey. Why are you talking like a pirate now? Woohoo! Manja, manja the pizza. Yeah, I know. We'd like to know when you'll open. Oh, wouldn't you though? Yeah. That's why I'm fucking asking. I mean, I don't even know who runs their social media. You know what that was? That was like a troll at the foot of a bridge who you have to ask a billion questions so you can cross and have some fucking Italian food. What the fuck, man? If I'm asking you when you open, just answer the fucking question. And then, then they're, they're, they were going to open. They said they, were, they had a soft open on December 9th, and then they were going to open on December 10th. So then the December 9th open, uh, the soft open happens. They're putting up pictures and videos. They're like, all right, we're going to be open soon. And people are like, are you open tomorrow? Ah, you'll just have to wait and see. No, 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 I won't, Crystal Ball fucking Jenkins. Tell me when the fuck you open. If I want to come, I'm not going to drive there and hope you have pizza. And I, I'm lucky. I live two miles away. 
But other people are making fucking trips because they're from Chicago. And you can't pull the shit on Chicago people. Like You can pull it on California people all you want. They'll go, oh, isn't that quaint? And they'll have another red wine and they'll write a fucking sitcom episode about you. But these motherfuckers, you can't fool Chicago people like, ah, oh, yeah, hey, uh, yeah, old style drinkers. We're going to have some fucking pizza coming for you. And everybody's like, great, when? Oh, you just, you just hold on to your Cubs hat. It's coming soon. Okay, but when is fucking soon? We've been waiting for seven months. Ah, pizza, delicious deep dish. It's, we remember it when we went to school. Yeah, I, so do we. And we want to have it now. And you've been talking about it for fucking now nine months. When the fuck are you opening? Who here went to high school in Glendale? Shut the fuck up. When do you open? Then they open and then they're like, uh, they're only open from five to 10 at night. They're not open for lunch and they're open. They have no carry out, but they don't tell anybody this. Like I said, people were like, uh, when are you open? And they're like, we open tonight. And they're like, okay, what are your hours? We're open tonight at five. Yeah, okay, well, what are your hours though? Can I come in for lunch tomorrow? Do you take reservations? Oh, come in tonight for some hot, steamy pizza. Well, we might, but maybe we can't. Should we come by for lunch tomorrow? You know what? Instead, you know what? I, I won't make lunch. How about if I order a pizza to go tonight? Oh, why don't you come over to the restaurant and see? It's this this fucking quiz show of a game. I, nobody, because you know, if you go on Twitter, all the brands are fucking sentient, like Steakum's trying to be cute, Wendy's is trying to be funny all the fucking time. And like I said, man, Chicago fucking people, they don't, I don't play that. I, you know, I hate to say it like fucking some cryptic fucking hack sitcom, but we don't, just fucking tell me when you open. Nobody wants to play a guessing fucking game. Jesus Christ. Like I said, this is, I'm not, this isn't the three Billy Goats gruff. So they open. And then we're like, you can't make reservations, fine. No carryout, fine. So Pat organizes a group of us to go on on Tuesday. So he, you know, he sends out some emails, and it turns out being me, Bill Dwyer, fucking Gil Martin, uh, Chip Chinnery, Pat, and our buddy Jack Thomas. And uh, you know, we go there, and the guys are meeting us. Me and Pat get there early. Like, like you know, we want to. We said we'd eat at seven. We told the guy seven, but Pat and I got there at fucking five thirty. Because we'd heard there were lines out the door and they'd put up pictures of lines. I get this. They put up a thing on Sunday, a video of guys eating pizza during the Bears Packers game in the restaurant. So everybody's like, uh, they put up this video. They're like, oh, didn't like the score, but they love the pizza. Chicago people, right? And so then people wrote, hey, so you guys are open for lunch or you're open for Bears games? Uh, Hey, uh, you know what? Bears Packers, uh, it's a great. No, no. Are you open for Bears games now? Oh, you know what? We're not open during the day. Well, these men are clearly in your restaurant during the day. And then they don't answer. They don't tell you what the fuck's going on. So uh, so we go to dinner the other night. And, um, you know, it's crowded. People are, you know, and, and there it's, I mean, it's a small space, but it's fucking packed, man. And the, and we just started ordering fucking food. They bring the menu over. They ordered, we ordered, um, we got a, a, a meaty legend, it's called. We got a large meaty legend pizza. Pack out a fucking deep dish uh, cheese. They're all deep dish. The meaty legend is deep dish. They don't serve thin crust either, which is, I mean, I get that, but. Eh. Uh, and then Gilmartin got a sausage pizza. I got a sausage and onion. We ordered some calamari. Uh, we ordered some Brussels sprouts. I ordered dips and sticks, which is like you get three dipping sauces with fucking mozzarella sticks, spinach mozzarella sticks, and breadsticks. Uh, we ordered a fucking meatball sub. We ordered a sausage sandwich. We just were like, fuck it. We're trying everything. We're here. Let's fucking order. Pat, I think even got a Caesar salad like an idiot. Um, but it came with his meal. So that's fine. We get French fries, whatever the fuck. So our waiter was cool. They start bringing us drink and they're bringing us the drinks. The drinks are fucking rolling. That's cool. We go, just bring the food out whenever, man. And, um, so they bring out the calamari first and I reach in to grab some calamari and I can see there's a ton of fried zucchini. 
I'm like, all right, well, that's weird. So someone eats a zucchini and goes, I think this is zucchini. And then I eat a fried lemon. Like I, I, it's literally a lemon slice with the skin on it. Now, look, I like that. I don't mind that if I know it's coming. But if I'm expecting to bite into a squid and I bite into a citrus fruit, we got a fucking problem. So Gil Martin and I are like, what the fuck, man? And, and everybody's like this. And, and we're so hungry. People are still eating it. And I'm like, look, hold off. We'll talk to the fucking waiter. So he sends the manager over. And I'm like, and, and I didn't, he, Dwyer took point because it turned out this guy used to manage the improv. So he knew Dwyer. So Gil Martin looks at the guy and he's like, hey, man, we just, we expected squid. We expected calamari. He goes, yeah, well, the way we serve it, there's zucchini in it and there's lemon in it. And, and I'm like, well, maybe I didn't see that on the menu. It just said calamari. But I said, but if you give me zucchini, calamari and lemon, that's Frito Misto. That's not a bowl of calamari. And he's like, okay, well, no problem. I can take it off. That's fine. And, and we're like, all right, that's cool. You can take it. He's like, no, I'll finish it, whatever. So then they bring over the Brussels sprouts and they're just crispy Brussels sprouts, but they're, but some bacon bits. And they were, they were, I thought they were good. I liked them. Jack thought they were bland. Uh, and then they brought out the sausage and the meatballs. Dudes, they don't use Ganella bread. I, I don't know what roll they're using, but it's the wrong fucking roll. And, and that's, this is all bullshit Chicago guy stuff. But if you're going to tell me you're the authentic Geno's East, you, you, you just, you, if you're selling beef sandwiches, oh, also this, we ordered a beef sandwich. We're out of beef. We're out of beef. We got seated at, at, at seven o'clock at night. You're out of beef. Are you fucking joking? Your Chicago restaurant, you're out of Italian beef. And I know all of you are like, oh man, you're going to make a big deal out of that. It was like, we didn't make a big deal out of it, but I was like, come on. Pat's, and also Pat was like, I've never had a beef sandwich. I'm going to try one. I said, great. So instead he got a fucking, he got a sausage sandwich and he goes, do I want it wet or they have wet, dry and dipped. I said, you want it dipped? They put the whole thing in the juice. He goes, no, I'll just take it wet. So they bring him a sausage sandwich. They might've splashed. It, it honestly looked like maybe two teaspoons of gravy on his, uh, of juice, you know, au jus on his sausage sandwich. And the bread wasn't like, usually you throw the bread down on the grill or you toss it in the oven to get it warm. It wasn't. And so he's eating the sand and he didn't like his sausage. I tried his sausage and I was like, that's good. It's, it's cause it was, it had enough, it had spice and he goes, Oh, I hate it. I was like, all right, that's fine. Meatballs came. They were just, I mean, just okay. Uh, they're and they're bringing, and then they bring the pizzas out. And we looked at him and I, I knew, I fucking knew, I hate to be this guy, but they're, and even Gil Martin's like, I hope they have the original crust with the cornmeal and da, da, da. I'm like, all right, yeah, absolutely. They brought it out. And I mean, I had patty sausage. You can get a big patty of sausage, but it was so thin dudes. And then it didn't have any like spice or fennel in it. Like Pat's sausage link was better. And again, I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, you're a fucking picky asshole. This is bullshit nonsense. Yes, maybe. But if you're going to be authentic Chicago and tell everybody you are, then you need to be authentic fucking Chicago. But the the problem is there's people who've lived here for so fucking long. They don't remember authentic Chicago, or there are people now who think that this is authentic Chicago and they're, they're getting the wrong fucking message, man. We also ordered a side of Jardinera and we ordered a side of sweet peppers for the fucking sausage and the meatballs, right? Dudes. I have a photo that I will put on the Joker's page of the fucking sweet peppers, what they called sweet peppers for the beef. Cause I looked at it and it's in this, you know, when you get sweet peppers on a beef, it's literally a green pepper basically in half. Okay. And then you, what you do is we cook them on the, on the stove with oil and, and stuff. And then, uh, and then you mix it with like beef gravy and you put it out. It's in a, it's in a fucking, uh, a setup table and then you pull them out and you put them on the sandwich. Well, they gave us a side cup of, what I can only describe to you is green pepper jerky. 
It was tiny dehydrated green peppers. I even said, I was like, this is the kind of shit like fucking Johnny green pepper seed would throw all over the countryside to try to grow more green peppers. It's fucking ridiculous. So they brought that and I looked at it. I go, I go, this is fucking wrong. And I, and the guys are like, what the fuck is going on? And they bring the pizza out and, uh, the pizzas were underdone, all three of them. And it's because they're so busy. They're trying to crank the food out so they can give you your stuff because people get, you know, people aren't used to waiting 45 minutes for a pizza, but I don't mind if you make it right, make my pizza in 45 minutes, but they brought my pizza out and you could pull the part out and the cheese didn't stretch. It just kind of snapped off. And I knew, I knew immediately. And then Gil Martin's like, this isn't the original crust. I'm like, I know dude. I, and, and I was trying not to be that guy, but all of us are just kind of our discontent was palpable. Dwyer is a fucking animal. He's just eating everything. He's like, I don't know. I guess it's okay. Well, I'm sorry. This is Bill. I don't know. I thought it was okay. Cause he's fucking screaming. And, uh, and I'm like, Bill, come on. And he's like, well, he goes, ah, you're right. I know. And whatever. We all finally conceded. And so then, you know, uh, the fucking, the two guys who own the joint come to our table and they're like, Hey, what's going on fellas? And they are, uh, <laughs> Let's put it this way. The, the two of them have very soft hands. All right. Does that make sense? I expected like a guy with forearms. I expected at least one Chicago dude, like a beef eating fucking. And this sounds cliche, but if you can open a Chicago restaurant, I picture to be one fucking Kowalski in the group. You know what I mean? Just a fucking the guy who heads it up, who knows who's that guy. And then there's the two business dudes. Well, these are the two business dudes. And but they're the owners. And they were, they were, they had glasses of red wine. One of them had a, no, one of them had a soda. One of them had like a wine and they're like, Hey fellas. And it turned out they went to high school where Martin went to high school and we're talking about Chicago. And, and then uh, I'm looking at the wall. Cause I'm, I, I'm just like, Oh man, this is, I can't, I can't talk to these guys. And then Gil Martin goes, Hey, how come you guys didn't use the original crust? Because first they go, what do you think? Now I, we weren't going to say anything, but they go, what do you guys think? And I didn't say anything. And Paul's like, why didn't you use the original crust? They go, oh, no, that is. It's all the same recipes from Gino's. He goes, yeah. You know, though, they used to use this cornmeal. It was crispy on the bottom and it was on the top. It was more buttery. And and the guy's are like, no, man, this is the actual recipe from Gino's. And and then he asks Dwyer. And Dwyer's like, yeah, we were a little thrown off by the calamari. And they were like, well, our chef likes to do that. He puts he might fall in love with the lemon and the zucchini a bit much. But we'll have to we'll work that out going forward. And we all kind of laughed, you know. And uh, and then then he they looked at me and they go, hey, because they asked where everybody was from. And Dwyer's from Evergreen Park and Gil Martin, when he said where he's from, then they asked me, they're like, where are you from? I said, well, Bolingbrook. I said, but I went, you know, I lived in Naperville before I split. They said, and what'd you think? I said, well, I don't look, I don't want to be a dick about this. And they're like, no, no, what'd you think? Come on. That's the whole point. It's important for us to know. I go, well, I go, there, there's, there's just not enough spice in the sausage and the crust didn't rise enough. It's like, I don't know what they're doing back there, but also they rushed them out of the, out of the back. So they're, they're underdone. Like, oh yeah, you know, they're probably trying to keep people, you know, busy. And, and a lot of people are waiting for food. I said, that's fine. I go, but you know, the calamari thing was a mess and they go, well, we took care of it. I go, I, I understand that. And then I go, but again, I look guys, I don't want to be a dick. And Jack goes, sounds like you want to be a dick. And I go, I don't, I really don't. They're like, well, no, it's important. Tell us what you think. And I said, uh, all right. I said this, uh, I picked up the green peppers and I go, dudes, this is a fucking prank. And they, they go, what? I go, this isn't bell peppers for a fucking sandwich. I go, when you get a beef sandwich, you get, you get a beef sandwich or a Italian sausage and you get full on green peppers that have been, they've been softened on, on the stove top and then you slice them and then you throw them in and they fall apart in beef gravy. And then you put them on top. I go, this is, 
I said, this is pepper jerky. This is goofiness. I go, this is something you'd This is like you'd throw this on a salad as an afterthought. It's not something for a sandwich. They go, oh, okay. You know what? Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably, I go, I'm not probably right. I go, I worked in a pizza place for fucking six years. I know. And then I go, but I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not. I, I go, I go, I'm, I live two miles away. And they're like, we hope you'll be a regular. I said, I hope so too. I said, but you know, we understand it. You're just opening. So you're just kind of getting the kinks out. But, uh, you know, you're, you're, you need to be more forthright on social media too. You need to tell people when you're open and what you're doing. Oh yeah. Well, we weren't sure. Yeah. Because of the city with the, I go, I understand that, but now you have hours and, uh, and, and then I just, I just kind of looked away, but I'm, I, you know, I live a couple of miles away, so that's great. And then Pat jumped in, he talked and chip and he asked where they were from. And they were all talking, they started talking about football teams and reminiscing. Um, and then they finally turned their back and walked away. And, and I, I was like, Jesus Christ. And go Martin's go, Martin goes, they couldn't wait to get out of here fast enough. I'm like, no fucking kidding. But don't ask me. And Paul goes, exactly. Don't ask me if you don't make the original crust. He goes, cause this isn't the original fucking crust. They go, I know it isn't. But the, the fact that they would even tell a, a, a customer you know, that, oh, yeah, no, this all is. And I mean, I didn't even get to the bread on the sandwiches. I didn't even, because you know, I didn't want to be a cunt. But I, at the same fucking time, that green pepper thing, I go, dude, this is a fucking prank. I go, look at this. This is silliness. I go, I can show you. I can Google a sandwich and show it to you what it's supposed to look like. And um, and then I did. They walked away, but then I showed everybody at the table. And they're like, we're from Chicago. We know what a fucking beef sandwich looks like. I'm like, all right, guys, but still, I'm just, I just want to show you I'm not fucking crazy. And, uh, and they walked the fuck off. But, and then they came back later. Like, these gluttons for fucking punishment came back to talk to us again. And they're because they were talking about Paul and where he went to school and who he, because he actually, they knew people Paul knew. It was crazy. They're from the same neighborhood. And that's how Chicago is. You, if you're from somewhere, you know a guy, you know a teacher, you know somebody, you all know all the same fucking people. And that was cool. If only they weren't these fucking no laces in their shoes, fucking loafers wearing soft handed motherfuckers. You know what I mean? They just, they just didn't look like they'd ever put it because they're writers and that's what they are. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but they, they look like they've never rolled up a sleeve in their fucking entire lives. And, and no, I don't need a blue collar asshole making my fucking food, but if you're going to make, this is why it, but it explained to me a lot of the issues with the social media and all that bullshit. Cause they're too cute by half. That's what they're trying to be. They're trying to be clever. Man, Chicago don't want clever. They want fucking pizza. We want a heart attack. You ever see that fucking sketch? I want Chris Farley punching himself in the fucking thorax. That's what I want when I get a goddamn meal from a Chicago pizza place. Beef sandwiches, sausage, meatballs, all that shit. And it has to be consistent. And don't underdo the pizza. Dude, the fucking pizza needs, the cheese needs to stretch when you pull it the fuck out. I mean, and the sausage needs to have spice and the fucking rolls need to be oven crisp. I mean, just, it's just, they're little fucking things to the point where I actually thought about going there and going, hey, can I consult with you guys and show you what the fuck you're doing wrong? Because I've worked in kitchens fucking forever and I know what you need to do, especially for Chicago pizza. But I, I don't, I don't. And they're, and they'll tell me to get fucked and I don't blame them. They should tell me to get fucked. They're the money guys. They got all the fucking money in the world. And also they're printing money. I don't know how many Chicago guys, because again, even on fucking Facebook, people are like, so authentic, so delicious, it was amazing, oh, it was really good, and I'm like, if you, if it was really authentic, because you know what Portillo's did when Portillo's opened out here in Buena Park? They flew people from Chicago, like a fucking crew, I don't know if it was one crew or two crews, and they fucking worked, they had double the staff in the kitchen for a soft open for like, I think two weeks, and they showed everybody how to do everything the fucking Portillo's way, and that's the fucking way you do it. You get these people in there and you fucking train them and go, this is this, this is this, this is how we fucking do it. And they learn. And now you go to Portillo's, it's fucking regimented like the goddamn Marines. You walk through, you get a fucking beef sandwich, you get a hot dog, sodas and fries. It's all fucking waiting military. They fucking write it on a bag. There you go. And it's done the right fucking way. And again, it's just, I know you're like, it's just fast food, Mike. I get it. It is just fast food. But if you're proclaiming to be a, a specific, like if you, if you were an authentic Mexican joint, 
and you went in there and they didn't put the tortillas on a grill. They just served you a raw tortilla with carnitas in it. You'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? You're supposed to heat up this tortilla. Oh, yeah, well, you know, our chef, he doesn't. No, 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 fuck your chef. You ever been to fucking Oaxaca or any of these other fucking places? They'll cut your hands off in a kitchen if you don't do it the right fucking way. Get fucking working, man. Chicago, they'll just fucking tell you three times if you don't do it right. They got another guy waiting to fucking do it. Get out. Oh, man, it drove me crazy. And it shouldn't drive me crazy. I don't give a fuck. But at the same time, we were eating, you know, so then we're fucking Jack gets sick. He goes home and he gets sick. I reheated. I wasn't even going to take the pizza home. That's how fucking bad it was. I was going to toss it. And Dwyer goes, you got to take it home. So I did. And sure enough, I reheated it myself today. It was fucking great. You know why? Because I cooked it in the oven long enough to where the cheese was fucking completely melting off of it. It was fucking perfect. The, the crust was hot. It tasted good. It, you, the butter came out of the crust more. The fucking cheese was buttery. The sausage is still fucking hopeless, but everything else seemed to work okay. And I wrote a text everybody to go, hey, man, I reheated my pizza today. It's 100 times better. Pat's like, we did the same fucking thing. Jack's like, I got sick. And, and I was like, fuck, that's awful, dude. And then Gil Martin goes, he goes, man, he goes, I want to go back there and punch that guy in the fucking face. And I'm like, you're goddamn right we do. What the fuck? Don't tell us this is that and that's authentic and this other fucking bullshit. And I'll tell you what, if I leave a fucking Chicago restaurant, a fucking authentic Chicago pizza restaurant, and the Brussels sprouts were the best thing I ate that fucking night, you got to rethink the entire fucking enterprise. And yes, they've been open a week. I get it. I can't hold their feet to the fucking fire too many goddamn times, but I will. I don't give a fuck. Who the fuck am I? I'm supposed to be kind. I'm 52. I'm going to be dead soon. And hopefully you make your food better. So that's one of the things I kill myself with. If you make a deep dish pizza two miles from my fucking house, I'll be a regular and I'll eat it until I fucking die on your table. There's nothing wrong with that. But now you lost me. I'm not going back. I got no interest in it. There's fucking two other places in town that make better Chicago deep dish pizza than Gino's East two miles from my house. And again, I get it. It's early. It's fucking, I shouldn't be complaining. It's just a fucking food joint. But at the same fucking time, fucking get it right, you motherfuckers. And then don't come to the table looking like fucking David Brenner and going, oh, hey, how did you enjoy your meal? I It's not a meal. It's a fucking pizza. And it's wrong. It fucking came out the wrong fucking way. Your fucking Brussels sprouts are bland. Your fucking whips and sticks are a nonsense. Proud to present a very 80s Christmas. All your holiday favorites performed by Cameo, Poison, and this classic by Soft Cell. Silent night, holy night, all is calm and all is bright. From young virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Silent night.
Sunglasses at night. 